Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. There's a swing and a miss by Smith. He chases up and out of the zone, and Flaherty's got back-to-back strikeouts. A lot of things that I've been trying to work on and get better throughout the year. Come in and did a lot better job of that today. All right, Bradford, I love you. You're doing a great job. But we did not hit the post on that, my friend. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. You know the rules here, you got right, the, Bradford? You got the audio perfect. Everything was great. I love the opening sound bite there, but yeah. Jamie... I know, Anthony, I know. Can you talk to him? Can you talk to him for a second? Yeah. So, Bradford, a couple things here. Anthony has a few rules. One, don't ever make direct eye contact with him. Thank you. That's, I've heard that. Yeah, that's rule number one. Rule number two is Anthony's always right because it's his show. Mm, that, get one, that one gets me, too. Mm. Uh, rule number three, there's many more, but we'll stop at rule number three, is that uh, you have to cue up the music so Anthony can get nasty and hit the post every right. single every day. single he time. He gets nasty. I know you want that flying elbow style mm-hmm. gesture yeah. from the top rope. I get it, especially on a Monday. You smell what Anthony mm. is cooking. Yeah, the people's elbow. So I think it's only appropriate, especially on a Monday, that we we start over. We start over. If we don't do it right on Monday, the whole week is screwed up. Whole week is the whole week is screwed up. Guys, look at Tanner's back in here. Tanner's now, back this in is here. what you've done, Bradford. This is. We didn't. We didn't hit the post. We didn't get let's. We didn't, we didn't get nasty at all. And now T Bone is just wandering yeah, back just into wa- the just studio. Saunters back in like he owns the place. Him he, and his new fresh haircut. He knows he's eleven a eleven a deuce, Jamie. He sure is. What time is it? Two oh four. Yeah. Two oh four. And Tanner's now. just wad, just walking in. All right. We need a fresh start. Bradford, let's start get nasty again. again. Here we go. Yeah. You don't have to worry about the. The audio. the audio. We don't need the audio. We, we just need Anthony's soothing voice. Thank you, Jamie. So go ahead, pot it down, Bradford, and let's do, let's let's do it right. Here you go. Here you go, Anthony. Quick. No, 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 no. Let's get nasty on a Monday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stoltzer. Bradford Bradford Bruns filling in again for. DJ Marshy Marsh, who's I guess traveling back from Minnesota. I don't know what the hell Marshy's doing. Nobody does. You know, he he's up there in Minnesota. I see him posing with all his boys. Yeah, what's with that? I don't what's know. What's with the stance and all that? I just don't know, Anthony. I don't know. He's a weird guy, Ace. Two oh five, your time <laughs> sure check is brought is. to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. All right, let's get into the the weekend that was. I think the highlight from yesterday was Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty allowed three runs. Three hits, six innings, three straight quality starts now for him, four straight wins, three more walks today. He's now up to 51 in 98 and two-thirds innings for the season, but he's he has pitched well, and he yeah. is pitching well right before the MLB trade deadline. So perfect situation for the Cardinals. We still got to wait to see what's going on with Jordan Montgomery and when he's going to return, but Jack Flaherty, Jack Flaherty is going to get something for the Cards. He's going to fetch something. And Why somebody's... did you get rid of him so bad, Anthony? Well, because he's a pending free agent, and this team's not going anywhere, and this well, need, they, they need long-term pitching. Whatever, what has ever given you the idea that he did not want to be a Cardinal for life? Well, the whole thing about, you know, testing the market, uh, making sure that he's always, he always 
goes to arbitration, things like that. Every time your contract comes up, I see what you do around here. What do I do? Oh, you know. You start testing the market. You start to, well, you start uh, threatening that you'll test the market and that uh, Bristol's calling and you, you know, all this other stuff. You make poor Tommy matter and he, he goes into therapy and John Kioski, mm. the poor guys, they think they're going to lose you every six months. Yeah, to you and I in contract negotiations, I'm the tough one. <laughs> I, listen, just because there was a glitch one time, okay, the glitch wasn't necessarily my fault. Not, However, you're right. Not necessarily. I did have to disappear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you keep calling it Stalter and Rivers when it's just Stalter? Where's that Jamie? A, that was a good week. I can't tell you. <laughs> Four months. Four months later. I'm just back. Yeah. <laughs> there he is. Anyways, all right. So Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty. Jamie, do you feel as though that he's gonna he's gonna fetch you a haul at the deadline? I mean, not like a Goldschmidt Hall, but a no. decent Hall. I think he'll. I think he will get you something good. Look, with a couple of starts that are outliers, Jack Flaherty's numbers are really good. And teams that are looking to add depth in their rotation for either a stretch run to put them in the playoffs or a team that wants some extra depth come playoff time, why would you not add Jack Flaherty? Yeah. If you're a team like the Dodgers, per se, um, you know, I, I circled the Orioles, too. The Orioles, uh, we I had Monty going to the Orioles, but Jack Flaherty could go there, too. You're a team that's contending for a playoff spot. Why would you not kick the tires on Jack Flaherty? Yep. Especially if you have a good pool of prospects that you're willing to part with. So I think Jack Flaherty, I don't think it'll be a king's ransom coming back the other way, mm-hmm. but it'll be certainly better than you know what it was at the start of the season. Think about it this way, Jamie. I think that... Giolito will be one of the names, one of the bigger names that is moved to the Shohei Otani, of course. Otani will be the prize. Oh, he's gonna look good with the birds on the bat. The Orioles? Yeah. <laughs> You're not they, wrong. Did they move uh, to the birds on a? They didn't put the Orioles on Does the he bat. Have a did no they? trade clause at all. Oh, I don't know. Shohei? I doubt it. I can't imagine he'd be thrilled back on the Orioles. Nothing against the Orioles, but yeah, I don't see Shohei time in Baltimore. Hey Shohei, do you want to play in the playoffs or? Postseason cares right now. No, that's not true. He's a world champion. He is a world. He's a multi-world world champion. Was he on both of, both the teams the the last two World so Series? The, you just stalled it right there. He's a multiple. You had no yeah, idea. I had no idea. No idea. <laughs> I actually felt it in my bones. Yeah, I bet you did. I said, "Oh, he's a multi." And then I then I started to like yeah. the hamster slowed down. Like the hamster uh, was full on the wheel. Then there. I looked at you and you went, and then ah. it stopped. Bradford, this is rule number four, by the way. Don't always believe anything Anthony spits out when it comes to numbers. Or anything. Uh, pretty much anything. I wasn't going to be that upfront with it, but when he answers quickly, yes. there's reason to believe he's stultering you, which yeah. means he's just making it up. I appreciate the sage wisdom. You let me down gently at the top of the show. Yeah. Now we're rolling. There yeah. you go. It doesn't necessarily mean that I, I was wrong, but if I was right, I probably just guessed right. Oh, and if you're right, boy, do you own it. Yeah, definitely. Good for you, Anthony. Uh-huh. Anyways, uh, yeah, so Otani's going to be... The prize. If you miss out on Otani, or you don't want to pay the the ransom that the Angels are are going to be asking for, even for a rental, Lucas Giolito, I think, is going to be the one of the other prizes at the deadline. The Dodgers are getting him. You think so? I know it's been rumored. They're rumored on everything. Though. Yeah, they, they need pitching bad. Eduardo Rodriguez from Detroit will be an interesting 
guy that could be moved. Sonny Gray is pitching very well for Minnesota, but Minnesota is kind of you know in the thick of the wild card race at the very least, if not the division, because Cleveland's not very good. The whole division stinks. So I don't know why they would move on from Sonny Gray uh, outside of just saying, hey, let's let's capitalize you know, why the iron's hot here. But if you miss out on some of those, then you get to Jack Flaherty. Think about that. You miss out on Otani. You miss out on Giolito. You miss out on Eduardo Rodriguez. And then it's Flaherty and Rich Hill slash Zach Ranky. So if, you want, if you're a team out there and you have Rich Hill or Jack Flaherty available, who are you circling? Flaherty. I know. If, if all, things, all things being equal, because they're all rent, they would all be rentals, I'm going with the guy that might miss bats. And he looked sharp yesterday. I know it's I know it's good. the Nationals. I know they were they were down Condelario, who is one of their for the YouTube viewers, big hitters, quote unquote. For into the non YouTube people, what were you doing? There? I was doing the air quotes. You, so yeah. you have to sometimes just mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Don't forget about our listeners. Big hitters. They're not just watchers. I understand that. Boy, you got an attitude on a Monday. A little bit, and yeah. you went to the you went to the lake. Mm-hmm. You, you seemingly had a good time. Sure did. My and gosh. you come back with this attitude, huh? Yep. Okay. It's called edge, Anthony. Got it. I regained my edge at the lake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so Jack Flaherty, I think, would be would be a, a nice prize for somebody. So we'll see. Monty and Jack are going to get you a pretty good return mm-hmm. if they decide to move on from both, with which they should. They'll get the Cardinals a good return, and hopefully then some of that pans out moving forward. And for those that are saying, why would you trade pitching when you need pitching? Because you don't know if you're going to sign those guys. Well, those guys might walk. Those guys might walk. You have absolutely no control in the matter. The, the, the draft pick doesn't do anything for you immediately. For those that are saying, I want to win again next year, and I want to see the Cardinals win again next year, I want to see them be back in contention, well, then you definitely trade those guys because you could get, got, you could get pitching that could help you for the second half this year, not that you're going anywhere this year, but could be in your starting rotation for the second half, and then you can roll these guys back again next year. I think that you can get some guys that, at least one, if not two, that will be in your starting rotation next year. And then, of course, you hit market. You're you're looking at maybe either one-year deals or you break the bank and go for a NOLA or go for a Blake Snell. You have to. In my opinion, I'm, I am steadfast on that. You absolutely have to break the bank for one of those two pitchers. That is your foundation, and then you build around that. Agreed. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Alexei Torpchenko, he signs a two-year contract extension. Jamie will, will, Jamie will tell you why that's important. We'll also discuss whether or not the roster is completely done at this at this juncture. I would think so, given the contracts. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Young guys like Alexi Toropchenko have got to take the step, and the Blues have opened up the opportunity for them to do it. Can he make himself say, I, I, I don't want to play seven minutes on the fourth line. I want to play 12 minutes on the third line. I want to be a penalty killer. I can play even strength 10, 12 minutes on the third line. I can get three minutes of penalty kill. I can get 13 to 15 minutes a game. He's got that kind of hockey sense. He's got that attitude. He's got that coachability. He's got that physicality. He can do it. The question is, does he take that next step? That's Voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber on the opening drive earlier this morning talking about the Alexei Torpchenko two-year contract extension with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Jamie. Yes, sir. What do we need to know about this contract extension? Well, I think it's a great contract extension for both the club and the individual. You know, Alexei Torpchenko 
kind of you know flew under the radar a couple of years ago until he got called up and Craig Berube fell in love with how hard he plays, how hard he competes out there. And he's, what is six six or six seven? I tell you what, being down at ice level the very first time I saw him, mm-hmm. who the heck is this mutant? I mean, he was he's massive, and he can fly around out there. He's not afraid to be physical and get involved. Um, he's got a little bit of offensive awareness. I'd like to see him try to expand that, grow that up a little bit here in the next season or two. I think that he's got the ability to contribute a little more offensively. But what I like about his game is he's really, really good at getting in on the forecheck and being a disruptor. And at six foot six, being a disruptor, I mean, you better be. Mm-hmm. He gets in there, he finishes his hits, he's got a good defensive stick. It has translated to him getting some penalty kill time, which we'll see which direction the Blues go with that this year. Um, <clears throat> not a strong suit for them last year, so we'll see who gets the assignments. I know they liked Barbashev and Saad together for a while last year. Saad got a lot of opportunities shorthanded to create some offense. Now Barbie's gone. Sunquist is back. Where does he slot into this penalty kill? O'Reilly's gone. Shenner uh, does kill penalties, but not a ton. So... It's going to be interesting to see who gets the opportunity and who seizes the moment because you know, Curbs is talking about playing more minutes in a game. When you get specialty teams' minutes, that's the gravy right there. So if you're a seven-minute-a-game guy, but you get three-and-a-half minutes on the penalty kill, now you're a ten-and-a-half-minute-a-game guy. Then if you get nine minutes and you get three-and-a-half minutes, like you see how that's mm-hmm. how you incrementally improve your ice time or your time on ice. And so – for players who play both, penalty kill and power play, that's how Ryan O'Reilly you know, would get up to 21, 22 minutes a game because he plays in every single situation. Yeah. This is how guys like Justin Falk end up at 26, 27. He plays every situation. So that, that I think that's a great way for Alexei Torbchenko to increase his role on this team. But the one thing I look at now is the depth that they have up front. Now let's go back to the obvious. They don't have the super high-end score. Yet. Can Thomas and Cairo make that jump? I don't know. To be determined. Can Buchnevich be a point of game guy? He was over a point of game last year. So if you tra- if you if you you know multiply that by 82 games, let's say, instead of what 68 or 69 he played last year, and he averages five or six points over, he's a 90-point guy, it's a big difference for your club. If he's a 90-point guy on a line with Thomas and Cairo, I guarantee they're 90 to 100 point players. So that's how those three can grow together. But they have to get there. That 100-point plateau is huge. Yeah, It is. It's huge. Uh, if you're just going to be a 70- to 80-point guy, now you better have really good depth. And I think that's what Army's done here is he's increased the depth underneath that top line. Just in case Thomas and Cairo are only 80-point, 85-point guys, when you throw out a second line and a third line and a fourth line that there's really little, very little to no drop-off, mm-hmm. that resembles the 2019 forward group. Now, you had some high-end. At the top of that. Tarasenko was having a good year. O'Reilly was having a career year, I think, over 80 points. But none of them were dynamic scores. The strength of the team in 2019 was the depth of the group and their ability to compete and win battles. So the forward group now, when you look at it on cap friendly, you've got $293,000 left of cap space. Your roster right now is 23 players. That's exactly what you need to start the season. Perunovic is not listed on the cap-friendly roster because he finished the season in the American Hockey League. So be it, there will be some kind of movement there. Someone will have to go in order for him to stay. Who that is, I don't know yet. But it makes for good competition come training camp. 
You've got nine defensemen that are going to be competing for t- for six spots, and you've got a whole bunch of forwards and 14 forwards competing for tw- – actually, 15 forwards competing for 12 spots. This is going to be a healthy environment for the Blues. The competition that Craig Berube has always wanted in training camp and the competitiveness from each player to every single day, that's going to be at the forefront right away in training camp. So I like the depth, and I like what – Army was able to do with limited resources, i.e. some of the things that he did going back to last year's trade deadline and now, of course, the moves that he he has made this offseason. The, the roster is complete. I don't think there's another move to be made. I don't think there's necessarily a move, a move that needs to be made. That's realistic, of course. But my question to you, Jamie, would be, Do they are they great in a certain area? Is there an area where they really stand out? I know what you're talking about with the depth. They've got they've yeah. got solid depth. If you look at the forward group, you've got the scoring can be spread out. The defense we've talked about ad nauseum. We know that they're going to have to resemble what they what they were two years ago as opposed to last year. Mm-hmm. And we know that the goaltending, and maybe this is where you're thinking based on my question. We know the goaltending has the ability to be great with that one two combination of Bennington and Hofer. Do they excel in any other area, though? Based off of the finish of last season, no. No, and it's to be determined. How concerning is that to you? It's not that concerning because you're still anticipating players to take the next steps. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting here patiently waiting, Robert Thompson, Jordan Cairo, to make the next steps. And if you go over the point totals for the last two seasons, those guys are producing. They're producing, and they're just now, this season, just now, will be they be the guys. You still had O'Reilly around last year. You still had Tarasenko. Like, mm. are they the guys? Are they not? We're kind of spread out ice time. Now it's, uh-uh. you're the freaking go-to guy. Our power play will be generated around you and Cairo. And, hey, Tori Krug, I know we tried to trade you. We asked you to waive your no-trade clause. But now you need to do exactly what we signed you to do. We love you again. Come on back. And you know what, Anthony? It's pro sports. Yeah, you're right. He goes out there and starts quarterbacking a top-five power play. Do you think we care anymore? Oh, God, no. Nobody cares. Nobody winning, cares at all. Winning is the only thing that matters, Jamie. Winning and producing. That's it. Because producing, then winning. Whatever. You got a team right now that was not great last year. You had players that didn't have career years. Mm-hmm. So if Tory Krug flips it, on, flips it on its head and goes back to what he was two years ago or three years ago, you're like, holy crap. Glad we have this guy. If he doesn't, then you know where you still have to improve. So for me, you don't have an area that you're great at yet. Your biggest area of strength, in my opinion, is goaltender. And it's not if you love Jordan Bennington or you don't love Jordan Bennington, I don't really care. The bottom line is that he's a big-time goalie that produces in the biggest moments. 2019, he took that team on his back and ran with it. Had a lot of help, don't get me wrong. But without Jordan Bennington, I would argue you win the Cup. You don't. I, I just think you don't. And you go back to the following season, he had a good year too until the bubble and all that crap happened. Right. But then you go back to Colorado. He stood on his head. He won you the Minnesota series, then goes into Colorado and almost pulls a rabbit out of a hat. When you had nothing else. Because he's a big-time goalie. Yeah. If he stumbles at all this season, the good thing about it is you're not going to Thomas Grice. No offense to Thomas Grice, and congratulations on a great NHL career, but you've got Joel Hofer now who came in and showed you and everyone else that he can handle the big leagues. So I think the Blues' biggest area of strength is goaltending right now, but the question marks with tremendous upside is their young forwards. What can Thomas and Kairu do and Buchnevich? I know Buch is a little older, but this guy's coming off a really good season. 
Had some injuries, but if he stays healthy, I think this group can do some really good things. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We do have our Sports Six Pack coming up a little bit later on. 314-399-9646 is our Air Comfort Service tax line. If you want to start sending in some questions, Bradford will pull them for that segment, and we'll get to that at, at uh, some point. But the Cardinals made a move today that all of us collectively collectively were like, what the, what the hell just happened here? That's next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber say Peters is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter, and the Cardinals made a move today that shocked us in the the office. I mean, collectively, we're all like, we don't understand this one. So the Cardinals designated Henesis Cabrera for assignment. I would imagine that he would be he would be back at some point, uh, provided, of course, that another team doesn't pick him up. Um, maybe, you know, the Cardinals will be able to even find a trade partner for Cabrera over the next couple of weeks, but to just, you know, get rid of him, designate him for assignment, given that he's 26 years old, the Cardinals have had bullpen issues. He's a left-hander. I just, I I don't get this one. I mean, there's gotta be something else going on behind the scenes. And I, I, pardon my speculation, but there's got to be something else going on that we're, we're just not privy to at this point. Why Why else would you release a 26-year-old lefty that can throw gas and that has been, outside of last year, very good for you? Because as of yet, and things are just starting to move and shake at the ballpark today prior to the series opener, there's not a corresponding move of note. Right. Therefore, you have to speculate at this juncture. What we do know, though, gentlemen, what we observed Friday night Leading into Saturday afternoon, the fact of the matter is that once more, now everything is hamstrung when you only get 30-something pitches from Miles Michaelis. You can't help that. Right. But then pressed into duty, what you have again? So you have once again some work from Andre Pallante to put it politely, less than enviable stuff, right? And this is somebody you just parted ways, or so it would seem, with somebody in Cabrera. You mentioned the age. You mentioned the stuff, the swing and miss stuff. This is a bullpen that is nearly, with the exception of Jordan Hicks, mm-hmm. wholly devoid of guys with swing and miss stuff. Right. And yet the individuals right now tasked with trying to keep the ball on the ground are experiencing nothing but erratic control issues. It's yeah. very puzzling. Is this a move that they're making just because they can make it? And what I mean by that is that he has options. And I don't. Not that I'm suggesting that Palante does not have options, 
But is this is, is simply a roster move for a roster space? Like, is the intentions maybe to not use him tonight? You have the roster spot, then see where – like, he could be on the Memphis shuttle. Yeah, but, I mean, they designated him, though. Oh, they did? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they didn't option was, him? This, no, this is a flat oh, designation. hang on a second. Hey, Jamie, welcome to the show. It's <laughs> a fast right. lane. Up for grabs now. That's all right. Yeah, no, he's completely exposed, which is – Sending him down, I'd be I'd be in line with you. Like, okay, Anthony, well, this changes everything fresh for me. Yeah. All those notes I had. Hang on a second here. Just gonna, just gonna. I'm gonna throw this away. Thanks, Jamie. Because none of that matters. I I want to go I back. Don't want to help. What the hell? My brain is thinking. That's all right. I mean, I saw I, designated. I was like, oh, he's just got optioned. Yeah. Like automatically, my brain did. No that. flat designation, man. And it's funny because I want to. I want to. Thank you. Thank you. Cause you're Why? you were so you were too steady with this. I was, I know. You now like, you can Man. tell that I was like, Anthony hey. just optioned him. Son yeah. of a. No, they designated so, him for assignment. So anybody can grab him now. Correct. That doesn't make any sense to me. The, the only he pissed in someone's Cheerios. Something happened somewhere. For I mean, sure. La- last year we know that he and Ollie had. Maybe it happened again. Maybe. But still, even if it happened again, I'd tell him to go home and wait for a phone call. He's going to be traded. Right. Like I would get something. What's the designation rule? Well, he's exposed to waivers now. Yeah, so, but so if someone any, picks anybody... him up, is there compensation? Uh, I, I don't think so. Because no. there used to be in the NHL for waiver wire pickups, used to be there was a monetary value attached to it. I'm not 100% sure on that. Not maybe that the Brad... Cardinals need the money for Cabrera. But I'm just talking about no. a player, maybe. You know, in Bradford, maybe you can you can look up the designation rules. I don't know if somebody, if somebody claims him, the Cardinals have a certain time period where they can, they can orchestrate a trade. But either way, they they have a completely allowed Henesis Cabrera to be picked up I by don't somebody get else. The move at all, Anthony. Uh, Why you. would you do this? Thank you. No, you're welcome. You know, outside of outside of him having a, a meltdown, a blow up, some, I don't know. They were just they were just praising him. Well, he pitched. I mean, he pitched what? They closed out the game on was that yesterday or yeah, or something? It was yesterday. Dinner, though. No, I just no. gave up the one down the route, down the line. Oh yeah, no big deal. He Sorry, did, yeah. and he threw thirty something pitches to boot, which would have made again a temporary demotion make sense. Yeah, bring That's up a where fresh my arm. Head was at. Yeah, now no. I don't know what the hell is going on. Maybe someone screwed up the paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on, Gersh. It wasn't me. Jeez, I wasn't in no, charge. No, yeah, of... paperwork for you. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. Nobody, uh, nobody wants you to do any paperwork. Nope. Yeah. So again, this doesn't make sense. Now, expanding the conversation to the bullpen. As a whole, Jamie, hmm, thank you. Is Bradford's right? I mean, you you've got you've got Dakota Hudson that that's that's basically hey, just try to keep the ball in the yard. Thank you, Alec Burleson, for making the catch the other day, or else that wouldn't have you know been in the yard. So Dakota Hudson, soft soft tossing arm out of your pen, Chris Stratton. Anthony, I was watching him pitch the other night. Are I'm you like, impressed? No, okay, no, I wasn't. Right. You know what it reminded me of? The home run derby. Whoa. Guys just pitching this spinning crap that doesn't move right down the middle of the strike zone. And guys are just pounding it. Mm-hmm. Like pounding balls everywhere. Yeah, Chris Duncan style. Seriously. Yeah. Come on now. He downright shoved on the heels of the Stephen Matz performance. He Brad- gave you three and a third scoreless. Well, Bradford. let's celebrate that, Bradford. <laughs> it is cause for celebration this year. Bradford, okay. Bradford, threw, that wrong. Out. Bradford threw that out in the office. And... Uh, and he's right. I mean, he did throw the scoreless. Wouldn't have been scoreless if Alec Burleson didn't make an absolutely remarkable catch. Let's isolate that for a second. How? Why? Alec Burleson Who? <laughs> made 
He had a great weekend. I did. All the way around. But Alec Burleson saved you. Yeah. Like, Hold things on. I never thought I'd say. Can we? Nice. We, we got to bring that, that segment back. So let's take a step back on this. The two, not literally, Jamie, metaphorically. It's hard to hear me when I step back, Anthony. No, the mic is outstanding. They, they, they got good mics here at 101 ESPN. Now they do. Now they do. Uh, the two best catches all weekend came from Alec Burleson and Jordan Walker. <laughs> Defensive stalwarts. It's Both. that time with Willie McGee prior to these games. Maybe. Gentlemen, finally hey. paying Burleson off. Burleson brought that up, too. I, I forget where I saw it, if I read it or heard it, but I know Burleson said it's you know Willie McGee pushing him all the time at batting practice to treat everything like it's a game situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, Burley drugged that Buick right across left yeah, field and caught that thing, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Wow. Good for him. Jamie. Barrel chest himself. Yeah. <laughs> you like Alec Burleson. I do like him a lot. Jamie, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. And it remains, coming off the heels of the Henesis Cabrera designation, it remains true. You have to revamp this entire pitching staff. It's not just the starting pitching. You have to revamp the bullpen. Completely revamp it. Who in this pen besides Jordan Hicks right now do you really trust? Like, I think I, I still, I, yeah, Gio's my guy. I'm still okay riding with, with Gio. He's going to have his moments, he's going to have his hiccups, but yeah. the lesser of all evils is Gio right now. It goes right. Hicks, then Gio for me. Palante used to be my ride or die, but oof. He's out. Stratton's been good, but he's... Stratton was good the other day. But he's he's going to be a free agent. He's just solid. He's fine. He's going to be somebody that I think is just is going to be... You know, he was a throw... Not a, not necessarily a throw-in, but Oviedo was sent last year to Pittsburgh for Quintana and Stratton. I could see one of those deals. Like, hey, pick up one of our starters, and you, you also get a reliever. Not Oviedo specifically, no. The Pirates wouldn't take Stratton back. I'm talking about a contender. I just used that trade the as an example. The Pirates are a contender. They're not a contender. <laughs> you stop it. They've been terrible. They're bringing up, they're bringing up their AAA squad. They just brought up another kid. They had one there to start the season. Who's that? The Pirates. The Oviedo? No, the whole team was AAA players, and they were winning. You're thinking of the A's. All of them. <laughs> There's a couple of AAA teams playing Major League there Baseball. Are. Yeah, but you got to completely re- revamp it. You have nobody in the bullpen no. that's safe. No. Ryan Helsley for two games a week. Well, right. Hey, if, yeah, if they're spaced out enough. Three months. Right. It's a, I mean, this pitching staff is, is going to be a blank, damn near a blank slate. So if you're the Cardinals, do you I guess the, I guess the answer is yes. You're shopping for both rotation and bullpen arms at the deadline. I'm aiming for starters, because starters can always be relievers, too. Yeah, but if there's a couple of good bullpen arms that you can grab that have upside or even team control out there. Yeah, no doubt. You need some guys, to Bradford's point, you need some guys that can pitch some swing and miss. Mm -hmm. Too much pitch to contact. We talked about that, what, last week, where the philosophy of pitch to contact has backfired this year. Whatever reason, the shift or the pitch clock or whatever, the defense – um, it's worked against you. You need to get some guys that can miss some bats. Absolutely. A couple outliers. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. City SC with another victory over the weekend. They continue to roll. They dismantled Miami over the weekend. Yeah, take that, Lionel Messi. Yeah. That guy stinks. He does. He's terrible. He'll play Barely next even week. noticed him. Yeah. <laughs> He's a ghost out there. <laughs> Number 10, where was he, huh? Scared. We'll uh, we'll dive into City SC's latest victory next on 101 ESPN. 
We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. City SC dominates Messi's new team. It got messy on Saturday, Yeah, Anthony. it did. Clean sheet for it's Roman Berkey and the boys. I, I saw it. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, Roman Berkey with a couple of highlight reel saves again. Right, right after the Right, right on the goal the line. Half. Do you see that one? Absolutely. A little bit of a rebound. He sat there for a second admiring his save until he went, oh, blank. Mm-hmm. There's a guy Got over a there. Then he went the double palm. Mm-hmm. Not today. That, I mean, he had he had a series of saves early in the second half, that being one of them, that – I mean, he he makes he makes two or three a game where you just go, wow, he is special. He is incredibly fun to watch. But the team overall was fantastic. He had a couple of corner goals that 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 they had scored. Uh, t- our guy Timmy P. Timmy P. scored one of them. So Parker's three goals. He he ties a pretty uh, illustrious list. Fourth most goals by a defender in MLS this season. Did you see that goal too? How yeah. impressive! Incredibly Comes impressive. Flying in with the head, mm-hmm. the header as they yep. call it. And then the the other header was uh, a Denneran. A Denneran. Thank you. How about that guy? He was called up that one day, and he's been a force. He's a big dude. He reminds me a lot of Klaus. Mm-hmm. Like he he's not as um, I guess seasoned. He's not as good overall. But I think the I think the high end, the ceiling on on this guy is there. Yeah, and he scores another goal. Yeah, he's he's been impressive. Leuven now has five goals off set pieces this season, tying him with a, a, a group of players fourth most set piece goals in the MLS this season. And City SC is eleven zero and two in MLS play when scoring first this year. So the nugget that we gave to our guy Kyle Hebert about. Hey, why don't you go ahead and tell the coaching staff to score first? That continues to work well for our guys. At some point, Jamie, I wouldn't be shocked if the, if they reach out to have us on the coaching staff. Oh yeah, I think it'd be smart. I think we're honorary coaches by the time playoffs roll around. Yeah, I think so too. I wouldn't blame them at all. Do you guys think they stick with that three three four when I think they, they when have they, to when they get healthy? When like Klaus you? comes back, because it's it, to to me, it's not as as an aggressive style as they like to play. I don't think it leads to as many breakaways that they, they like to uh, achieve, you know, from the, the the style that they played initially. I think they had, what, a 4-3-2? There was one time. They were playing with a 4-3-2 at one point. Yeah, well, at one point they had Klaus all alone on an island up front there. They've had a couple of different formations. And they'd stack the middle yeah. of the pitch. So you think that they stay almost with more of that conservative 3-3-4? Well, I don't see why you wouldn't. And the reason I say that is because this team thrives off of creating offensive opportunities out of turnovers. Right. So if you have more defenders, you have the opportunity to create a turnover, and then you have an opportunity to get going upfield. But you're back. But you're back more. You, you are, don't have you don't have as many are, players up if front. If you also look at the number of saves that Roman Berkey has had to make throughout the season, mm-hmm. he's been the second most active goaltender or goalkeeper, sorry, Thank in you. all of the MLS. And so, therefore, why would you not give him a little bit of a breather? and maybe stack the mm-hmm. deck backwards towards a goalie, limiting maybe some of the high-danger opportunities. If you look at last game in particular, um, you know, Roman Berkey only had to make three saves. He had a clean sheet, made three saves. We've had some games this year's 8, 9, 10, mm-hmm. 11 shots on goal. It's too much. It's too much for your Yeah, but team. when you're healthy, though. When you're completely healthy, because you well, got yeah, Luvin, but, you got Leuven back. Well, if you're completely Klaus, healthy and you got Klaus back, you saying. got everybody. Oh yeah, I think you can. But here's the beauty of it: I think you can actively kind of change on the fly. 
So if you have a first half set up one way, you can go with a second half set up a different way. And now you've, you've, you've played both systems throughout the course of your season so far, so it's not that much of an adjustment. Mm-hmm. The guy that's going to have the biggest adjustment is Klaus. He's missed so much time that this team has changed. Like It has changed a couple of different times now since his injury to where when he comes back, he's going to be a great addition, don't get me wrong, but it's going to take him a while to get up to speed here, not just physically but mentally too. Yeah. Find out what guys are doing, learning the habits of certain players again, getting to know his teammates. Even though there's training involved, it's never the same as game situation. So I, I think that Bradley Carnell has an advantage now of playing two different ways. Which way do they play? I don't know. That's up for the team that they're playing against to try and figure out. Mm-hmm. But defensively, they've been stronger, giving up less high-danger opportunities, and I think right now that plays their advantage. I almost like the 3-3-4 the three, three, when they're playing teams that are, are cautious as well. For example, Miami also was playing the 3-3-4. Three, three, so they're they're trying to park the bus in front of their, their keeper as well. I have felt this way. When, when City has almost, maybe not dominated the possession, but they've had the edge in possession, they lose those games. They have higher scoring opportunities, but they're not the same. They're they're almost they're almost better. City is at generating golden opportunities off the other team's mistakes. Like they're a very patient club. So I like the three three four against other teams that are cautious and just kind of bide your time a little bit. With more aggressive teams, I don't mind if they are healthy. Maybe going back to some of the earlier renditions of what, what they're doing. So and press press a little bit more. Apparently, Anthony, it's called a 4-3-3. 4-3-3, okay. I, apparently, you work your way out from the keeper. Fair enough. Thank you. So that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with I'm that. I'm learning. I appreciate that. So it's 4-3-3, not 3-3-4. Yeah. It's the same thing, but except it starts with start the, with the back end. Thank you, text line. Okay, It's always excellent. good to start with the back end and work your way out. No doubt, Jamie. Absolutely. Um, another thing here is that apparently earlier on, they were playing a 4 <laughs> four four two. And a diamond, two. right? Yeah. Add some geometry to You're the right. equation. There you go. Yeah. A lot of words of wisdom on this show, Anthony. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were they playing earlier? The, the, uh, di- the diamond? Yeah. Okay. The diamond. Like Diamond Dallas Page. They give yeah. this the formation. They go like this, Anthony. They mm-hmm. give the diamond sign. Gotcha. Everybody knows what's going on then. Right. They know that it's go time. He's Not a win. diamond in the rough, mind you, but on no. the pitch. This yeah. team, though, one would say, Bradford, that this team has been a diamond in the rough. Yeah. I think there's. Mm. Uh, I think that's accurate. Absolutely. Thank you. Western mm. Conference leaders, they unlike are. Miami. Goodness Ooh. gracious, eleven match. You have to say match losing streak now. But hey, at least the coronation took yeah. place yesterday. Messi how, has arrived, and how, he's at Publix. How about this? Yeah, I saw that. What a thing paparazzi about Publix. <laughs> Yeah, and just for those food for those that don't for those that don't know, Publix is the just it's like Florida's schnooks. Schnooks, yeah, yeah. It's their main grocery store. It is. The, the Kroger down there in, in Georgia, and they got Publix in Florida. Kroger, Kroger is north, too. Is it really? Oh, yeah, that's that's I Michigan. That was Meyer. Me, Meyer and Kroger are Michigan. I Trust me, Anthony, I know a lot of grocery stores around this country. I know, I'm sure you do, <laughs> and other countries, too. Yeah. Where's Food horse Lion? Meat. Yeah. Is that a Midwestern thing? Where's where? Food Lion? Oh, I don't know. Food Lion? I've never even heard, heard of Food Lion. The critical issues. <laughs> I've never heard I have of no it. idea. Anyways, so Bradford as Bradford threw a curveball at us. So as uh, as Bradford noted, yeah, they they welcome in Messi, and uh, this this guy better be the second coming of Messi, like in his prime. He's listen, Lionel Messi. If you go back to the World Cup that just went by, he's still a force. 
he's still a force. This guy can still play the damn game. Now, the key is going to be, does he have teammates around him? Because as good as you can be as a soccer player, you need teammates. You can't just take the ball and dangle through everybody the whole time. Like, you can't be Connor McDavid out there. It just, it won't happen. There's a certain element where he can be that guy and get through defenders, Mm -hmm. but you need guys who can really work the give and go. With a guy like Messi, that's so key. He gives the ball... And then he hits to an open area and gets it back, and he's able to get some opportunity. But he's always a guy that when you pair him up with good playmakers, he has the most success. Does does Inter Milan, do they have that in Miami? No. Inter Miami? I have no idea. It doesn't look like it. 11 games in a row, 11 matches. They're terrible. At least here's the Beckham comp again, and I think everybody would agree. I get it that at this stage in his career, Messi has a lot more left in the tank than Beckham did at that time when he went to the Galaxy. However, that team also had the pedigree wasn't a total wash, which appears to be the case right now with Miami. So you're coming over, you're coming to America, you're trying to revitalize a franchise, but you're right, Jamie, what exactly surrounds him in order for him to make that immediate impact to show exactly how much he has achieved with Argentina? Well, David Beckham's at least he had Landon Donovan. With the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. He had another, at least one other big name on that team. And they had some pretty good pieces where Beckham was able to kind of insert himself and just be a lesser version of himself and still have an impact. This is going to be interesting. Does Lionel Messi have enough in the tank to carry a team no. in this league? Not, I don't know. Not that team. Not, not that team. No. doesn't matter, though. He's making a ton of money. Well, I don't know. LeBron, remember when LeBron won in the NBA Finals with four corpses? I mean, he had a drag. By the way, he had I know, drag that, that grave I know we're up against the time, but I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up LeBron James for a second. Okay, that's your guy. No, he's not anymore. I I'd, I'd started to to merge towards LeBron again. Like I was like, you know what? I read up on him. He's got this school. He's done a lot of great things for kids and raised money and all that. And you're like, ah, you know, I'm getting older, Anthony. More softening up a little bit, a little sentimental. And then LeBron has his SB speech. Mm-hmm. About retiring. And he goes, lucky for you all, that time's not now. What? Like he talks about every player has his time. Everybody does, you know, the read notes. Lucky for you all. Like, lucky you guys are going to get to watch me again. (laughs) LeBron, that was your He had the decision that was a disaster. And he just had the SB speech slash non-retirement speech. Mm -hmm. That was a Why don't you just say, hey, lucky for me right now. I've still got the fire in my belly, and hopefully you guys enjoy the ride. Blame the network that gave him the platform and created an award solely to present to him that night. They didn't know he was going to do that, though. That's LeBron. At least it was delivered (laughs) in a very composed, nice, eloquent way. I'm so, you're not going to have me bash on him. I'm the, I had LeBron actually queued up for later in the show, but for a different reason. No, listen, oh. James, that was a cringeworthy moment. Every person in the building felt a little bleh at the same time as I did. More right. cringeworthy than Space Jam 2? No, probably not, but Space Jam 2 may be a better decision overall. <laughs> Jesse Rogers will join us. We'll talk about the MLB trade deadline with him next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. With former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. 302, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And joining us right now via our celebrity line is Jesse Rogers from ESPN. He covers Major League Baseball, including the White Sox and the Cubs, for ESPN.com. And he joined us about a month or so ago, and we asked Jesse to come on again as we get close to the deadline. He was gracious enough with his time. Jesse, thank you so much for joining us again. How are you? 
Sure thing. I'm doing well. Good afternoon. So, Jesse, I know that you were just in Seattle to cover Otani in the All-Star game. What what sense did you get being around Otani and being around maybe some decision makers on what Otani's immediate future is? Yeah, I mean, I think the trend is they're going to listen and they're going to listen intently um, over the next couple of weeks. I think they're going to say the right things publicly uh, until they don't, if that makes sense. Sure. I, I think it's going to be, no, he's our guy, he's our guy, we'll never trade him. Maybe they'll lighten that, that stance soon enough because the Angels are going in the wrong direction here. I, I think they're going to listen hard. I really do. And I think that there's a good chance he's going to be traded. If Juan Soto could be traded with two years to go before a free agency, why can't Otani with two months to go? Um, unless there's a strategic reason to not trading him because you really think you're going to re-sign him, I get that. And maybe that's, that's at the end of the day what they'll do. Because that's the only reason not to trade him. I mean, you, you're not keeping him because you think you have a shot at anything here. It's going backwards. Trout being out, I talked to an executive, and I'm writing this for ESPN.com tomorrow. Like, Trout being out has helped the decision-making here in, 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 a, in a much easier way. It would have, been a, would have been a tough decision with Trout there, the way things were going. But without him, um, they're, they're, just, they, they're just not good enough. They're just not good enough. So I think he's going to get moved unless they know something we don't about the, the mentality of keeping him, and that gives them the best chance at resigning him. Um, inherently, that might be true, but at the end of the day, I'm sure his agent's going to shop him around everywhere. Jesse, do you see a team trading for him without an extension guaranteed in this situation? I do. Um, rarely do you trade and then sign. Now, maybe this guy is, is the, the rare exception. Most, most agents are going to say, if I'm two months away from free agency, I'm not going to limit myself to one team. Now, there could be an exception because he is a unicorn. But the bottom line, and, and look, I've talked to executives that think, if anything, there's a chance he could get moved to a team that could never sign him in free agency. Think of the Rays, okay? They could never sign him in free agency or would never. So maybe that's the destination more than your usual suspects because, look, we'll take two months of this guy because we'll never get 10 years of him. Um, so there's a lot of factors in there. And I, I think, yeah, I think the Dodgers, I think the Rays, I think the big markets, the small markets, anybody that's interested in, in him would not limit themselves just because it's a rental. Uh, obviously, they have to have real serious aspirations. You're not trading him to the Cleveland Guardians or Minnesota Twins, who even if they get him, are a long shot to win it all. So it has to be a World Series contender that's willing to give up the haul for two months. Based on the fact that it's a rental situation, Jesse, uh, what do you think the return is for the Angels? Because obviously if there was some team control left or a year left on the contract, the haul could be a lot greater. But if it is a team like the Rays or a Dodgers or a Yankees or whoever that decides to get in the in the bidding pool for Oshoi Otani, what does the return look like? Okay, so it's basically three to five prospects. Now, one of those five could be a major league player on, on your major league team, right? That, that, so that, that's possible. So then it's like three to four prospects. And it just depends on, on what level. I mean, you have, you're probably giving up your number one prospect and maybe your number three prospect and then one other and maybe a major league player, something like that. Or maybe you're giving up two, three, and four. So it's like two of your top five or three of your top ten, something of that nature is probably what you're giving up. And, again, it just depends on if you're giving him uh, a major league player in, in addition or not. Um, but pretty much think of the, the, the best package you can think of that's 
reasonable enough for a for a uh, a rental. You know, you're not giving up seven players for two months, but you're giving up three to five. Three would be top end. Four or five would be okay. Maybe not one, two, and three, but one, five, and seven. And I'm talking about prospect rankings of the team giving them up. So think about think along those lines. At Jesse Rogers ESPN is where you can follow Jesse Rogers on Twitter. He joins us right now on the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jesse, as you can imagine, we, we've paid attention to the White Sox because it looks like they're they're going to be selling off some pieces. I think it's interesting that the Cardinals and the White Sox are both almost in the same category. They they are intriguing in terms of you know, nobody really expecting them to be here, but they've got some pieces to sell off. Is there any chance they're they're going to trade Dylan Cease, or is it more likely it's going to be Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn, and and others? Yeah, I think I think the easy answer is, is Lance Lynn and Giolito, and and any other pending free agents. I mean, the moment you trade Cease, you have to replace them. Well, they already have to replace Giolito and potentially Lynn. Not that they're irreplaceable players, but you can't you, you can't find five new starting pitchers, right? Cease has two years left, I believe. Um, they're more likely to trade him in a year. He's a Scott Forrest client. I definitely don't see him necessarily signing up long term. But look, if 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 they if the season had gone south and they had no pending free agents, different story. But Gilito, Lynn, Graveman, maybe Tim Anderson—that's a lot to deal with. Um, and if you want to at all compete in a year, why would you trade Cease? So. I, I don't see C and then there's Clevenger as well who's up after this year. I don't see Cease going anywhere this year, but I'm not sure I see him long term for the White Sox either. So the other team, of course, that you cover is the Chicago Cubs, who are kind of intriguing themselves. They're forty three and forty nine. They were the only team in the National League Central, Jesse, as you know, that that has a positive run differential, but they're eight games back of the Brewers. They've got some I mean, Cody Bellinger has been outstanding for them. Uh, and he's on a one year deal. What do you think the Cubs are gonna do at the deadline? Yeah, they're probably going to move Stroman and Bellinger, but I don't think it's a guarantee. First of all, I think Jed would love, and just like Mosellock, but he's not getting this either. I, I think both those guys would love any reason not to sell. I think Jed, Jed would love to, uh, you know, take that run differential and, and turn it into some wins. But time is running out, and I don't think he's going to stand pat or buy if they're under five hundred. Forget about how far. I mean, you, you can't feel like you're a contender if you're under 500 this late in the season. It happens. I get the Braves a few years ago. The, the Cardinals won 17 in a row. But you can't bank on it. And you're right. Bellinger has been awesome. And, uh, my God, the Yankees should give up their entire farm system for Bellinger. I mean, they need a lefty. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't need a lefty slugger? I mean, lefty sluggers do not grow on trees. Um, much different than a right-hander. Uh, I always say one lefty's worth two good righties, in my opinion. And Stroman's been great as well, uh, but but he's got to hit a home run on if he trades them in a grand slam because they do not have any stars in waiting. I would package them both and 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 get some AAA no can't miss stud from somebody um, because otherwise they're just treading water. Uh, I, I'd love to re-sign Bellinger and put him at first base if I'm the Chicago Cubs, but I don't think Forrest is going to to listen to offers until he becomes a free agent. So you got to maximize your situation, you probably trade him. But I will say, 14 games left before the break for the Cubs, 13 against under 500 teams, eight against the Cardinals. Um, maybe they make a push. I, if they get to 500 somehow, some way, I think he stands pat or maybe just adds a left-handed reliever and lets them battle from there because I don't think Judd really wants to sell, but if he's forced to, he will, and Bellinger and Stroman at the top of the list. Jesse, you just mentioned it, eight games from between the Cubs and the Cardinals before the break. 
And the Cardinals, John Mozeliak, on record, stating that, look, he's going to be trading players. Didn't really name yeah. names, but we can all make assumptions as to who those guys might be. If the Cardinals look to move a both a Jordan Montgomery and a Jack Flaherty, what do you think a, a good return is for guys like that? Yeah, look, um, we've seen, we see this all the time, the, 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 the two-month rental that isn't Shohei Otani, right? These are more normal it's like put Lucas Giolito in the same class as Montgomery. I haven't been the biggest Flaherty fan since since the injuries hit, but he's had his you know he's had some ups and downs. You're looking at a, maybe a couple prospects, not a one, two, or three in your system in the other team's system. You're looking at like a number five or or a seven and a ten, something like that. Maybe a little bit more for Montgomery because he's left-handed. Um, that that's kind of what you're looking at. You know, the Cubs traded David Robertson last year. Not exactly premier closer but a decent closer and they got ben brown from the philadelphia phillies he was the phillies 26th ranked prospect they got ben brown now he's one of the better cubs prospects not because the cubs system is bad because ben brown has advanced so like you think of these deals at the time oh he's not a big name but you never know you never know and uh, you just don't you don't get a a number one prospect for Jordan Montgomery, right? For two months of Jordan Montgomery, you get a, a number seven or a five or an eight or two guys in the top fifteen. That's the kind of thing you get for for those kinds of pitchers with two months to go. Jesse, great stuff as always. We appreciate your time. We know you're a man in demand right now when it comes to the MLB trade deadline. So we we appreciate it, and I I loved your take on the the Rays when it comes to Otani. That's a that's very interesting. So thanks again. Enjoy the deadline. Enjoy the rest of the second half. You got it, guys. Take care. You Be too. Well. Thanks. That's Jesse Rogers. Again, at Jesse Rogers ESPN. I didn't think about it. He's right, though. I mean, He's absolutely right. I never thought about it. The Rays are never going to get Otani. They're they never going to spend that. Prospects. They have nothing but prospects. <laughs> you've, been, you've been one of the best teams in Major League Baseball since opening day. Why not? Woof. You get Otani... And you, and assuming that he can stay healthy, and he's had a couple of short outings recently because of some back tightness, but they have Shane McClanahan. I always want to speed through that name real quick, Jamie, and I screw it up a lot. Mm-hmm. So let me slow down here. Shane McClanahan. McClan- McClanahan. Yeah. Unbelievable. Hmm. You pair him with Otani at the top, and then you put Otani in that, that lineup, which is not great, but... It's, well, it, Anthony, it's solid. There are 24 games above 500. I'd say the lineup's doing okay. Let me say this: the lineup <laughs> is very good. It's it it lacks that star power, which is not a big deal. But I mean, you got a Rosarina, of course. You've got yeah. If you would, if you put him in there with Otani, Diaz, if you're, if you're going Paredes, to do it, this is the year. Brandon Lau gets healthy. This again. is the year. The Yankees are mid. The Blue Jays are up and down and all around. Mm-hmm. The Orioles are a surprise team, but they lack the pitching necessary to do any real damage. I'm yeah. just going to go look to get that at the deadline. The Central, well, that's the Central. And then the West has the Rangers and the Astros. Like, if you're the, the if you're the Rays, this is the year to go get Otani and maybe another piece at the deadline. Because you know you'll be back to the bottom of the league in payroll next year. Right. And I mean, this is this is the time. Yeah, this is the time to do it. And I shorted front uh, Wanda Franco, of course. Wanda Franco's a star. Yeah, how dare you? <sighs> I like it. I like the idea. All right, it's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN NFL Four Downs next. We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
You know what that sound means. Time to play the lineup game. And multiple people have told us to pack a lunch. Pack a lunch, yeah. On this lineup. Woof. Jamie, let's not let others deter us, okay? Okay. Let's just do our thing. Mm-hmm. We're going to be great at this lineup. I believe it in my soul. Okay, let's do it. Who's on the bump for the I Marlins I appreciate again? you being fired up. Jesus Lazardo, who is a lefty. He's a lefty. Yep. Well, I know one guy that's not playing. Gorman. I know two that's not playing, then. Burleson. Burleson? Gorman. I don't think Donovan's leading off, either. Oh, wow. Well, let's go, then, Anthony. Let's party. All right, so uh, if if Donovan isn't hitting, if he's not leading off, and Tommy Edmond obviously is still out, Mm-hmm. Then I think this is DC. Really? Who else? Who else bats lead off? I think he rolls Donovan, anyways. Okay, let's do it. Whoa, Bradford! Oh, Bradford! 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 Anthony, tell him we we got to say, show us. Premature. I yeah. Got excited. <laughs> Premature rejection. <laughs> you were so excited to reject us. Oh, I think he hey, somehow guess. he's sending a message to me there. I barely got it out. <laughs> Whoa. Sorry, guys. Yeah. All right. Well, hold on. That didn't count then. That doesn't count. Yeah, it's a, that wasn't official. We had a mulligan on that Show one. Show us Dylan Carlson. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Let me write down DC here. All right. Jamie. Yeah. We're one for one here, officially. <laughs> yeah. I mean, technicality, but. What uh, What do you think here? Uh, I think this is Paul Goldschmidt. Sh- I mean, yeah. Show us. Paul Goldschmidt. Gold! Rich with gold! Gold! Bradford's been playing around with it. I like that. was Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> Love that Rudolph stop Do motion. Do I ever? <laughs> Let's go. Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> There's gold in them there hills. <laughs> what a name. Yukon <laughs> Cornelius. That's his name. Shout out to Jason Mott. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. You remember, you've seen the claymation, yes. Rudolph. I mean, it's been a the while. The guy who goes with the pickaxe, he's uh, he prote- protects him against the abominable snowman. Oh. That guy's Yukon Cornelius. That's his name? Yes, it is. <laughs> I might change my name to Yukon Cornelius. Yukon <laughs> Stalter. It's <laughs> incredible. All right. Um, so this, I don't think it's Newt. Uh, why wouldn't it be? Left-hander. Left-hander versus left. I don't think he's playing the lefties. Well, okay, so who would it be here? Contreras? Or is he even playing? Yeah, I think I think it's either... Or is it Arenado? Arenado. It's either Contreras or Arenado. I don't think it's Arenado. I right. think he keeps him at cleanup. I think I think this is Big Willie. Go for it. Show us that Big Willie Contreras. This one goes out to all the Big Willies. They be like, hey, you feel me? <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> no! Swerve. He's, he's playing with our emotions. Bradford, that's how people get in fights in this studio. Wow. Hey, I've seen Anthony crawl over the desk before. It ain't pretty. <laughs> it's happened. It's not graceful, but wow. Well, I'm angry at the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, throw Grace out the window. Uh, no offense to Grace. Uh, she's a lovely woman. <laughs> Beautiful woman. <laughs> Some words, there's a Grace listening right now. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, then this is Arnado. Okay, sure. All right, Bradford, show us. Nolan Arnato. There we go. Wow. I can't believe he played the clip and then dumped it on us. That was brutal. That was like thinking you got, you know, the hole in one and, like, the frog jumps out of the hole and takes the ball with it. Yep. I've had that happen. Have you? No. No. Is this Contreras, then? 
hidden cleanup. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do we get the Big Willie song again? I hope so. I hope so. All right. Show us. Wilson Contreras. This one goes out to all the big Willies. It. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, oh, I love it. All right. Fifth, then. I think this is Walker. I think this is Walk It Like It's Hot. <laughs> sure. Go ahead. Show us Walk It Like It's Hot. Now walk it out. 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 I almost started writing down Walker, but then I remember oh, how Bradford likes to do things. Bradford comes in with a sucker punch from yeah. the left wing there. All okay. right. So now I'm completely confused. So Gorman he, had a huge weekend. Donovan had a, had, had a huge weekend, but we're talking about two left-handers. So I don't know. Hmm. Who else? Well, let's start piecing together things here. Goldschmidt first, Arenado. Uh, you only got one outfielder. This, no, I'll know Jordan Walker probably is an outfield too. Here's my question to you: We saw we saw Andrew Kisner catching yesterday. Do we see Yvonne Herrera catch today? Not at the sixth spot. I could see it happening at eight. Okay, that's my thoughts on it. All right. Well, you this still offense to... has not been broken. No. So let's remember that. Like, although Ollie is screwing with it more than I would have. This offense has not been broken recently. It's been pretty good. The fact that your pitching has stumbled and your defense has stumbled, that's not the offense's fault. Correct. So, that being said, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be some reveal here. I thought I had something, too, but then I was like, because I was going to go with Carlson, but I I realized he's batting leadoff. Yeah. Paul DeYoung? No. He's a seven-hole guy. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't. I mean, Nolan Gorman? Or Nolan Gorman. Yeah. Gorman has been hot here. Why don't we go Gorman? Let's and go if it's with... not if it's not Gorman, then yeah. I don't think there's lefties in this lineup. Sure. Let's use this as, uh, this as is intel. Guy. He has been one of the hottest left bats in the lineup, so let's party. Show us Nolan Gorman. Okay. Jeez, Bradford wow. had that thing locked and loaded, didn't he? Not even any suspense, just right Mm-mm. in your face. So, Jamie, I don't think there's any left-handers. <laughs> I mean it. All right, so then who we got here? DeYoung. At six? What, I mean, who else you know are you going to put in there? Why not? Show us, Paul DeYoung. Yo, Paulie! Nice. All right. All right. <laughs> now I'm stumped. Right. Now I think it's, uh, yeah. Hmm. If you're take if you're banning all left-handed bats, I'm yeah. confused. So Donovan, I think this is New Gorman. Gorman, who the hell's playing second base for you right now? It's got to be Gorman or Donovan playing second base, and Donnie's hurt, and Edmonds hurt. This is Nolan Gorman. Bradford, okay. show us Nolan Gorman. Mm. I was so excited there too. <laughs> you almost tried to force feed that. I in. did. I did. Well, sometimes you have to. Well. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. I, I mean, who's well, playing second base for us today? That's my. Is Brendan Donovan going to play in the field? I don't know if he's in the lineup. I I know, but who is your second baseman? Anthony? I don't know. But you have to answer that because I don't know. You ha- you, do do you have a DH yet? Is it Contreras? Is Herrera playing eight? Like this is what I'm talking about. You need to somehow figure out these positions. I the I, only one you haven't I said, realized that. The, Listen to me. You're taking me off right now. Wow. Just doing that. 
Breathing. Stop. Brendan Donovan almost has to be in this lineup. All right, go ahead. I don't know if he goes in here, though. Maybe he's ninth. I don't know. Show us. Brendan Donovan. You're wrong. I thought I'd really work that one out. I don't know. I, I think I think Yvonne Yvonne Her- Herrera. <laughs> You're just gonna start just, that. That's it. All I'm right. swinging. I'm just swinging now. Show us Andrew Kisner. It actually is Herrera. I'm oh. just going to reveal it. Yes. Oh, okay. Running, yes. Running out of effects. I mean, my goodness, this is one of the most topsy turvy lineups we've seen so all it is, season. So it is Herrera. It is confirmed. Yes. Okay. So you- when I get in those modes, I just get irrational. Okay. Like that's kind of my life story. I get frustrated and I just get rational, Anthony. You yell at me for doing the same thing. Yeah, but it's way different. <laughs> I don't think so. It's just way different. Okay, so Herrera is now your catcher. Uh-huh. We know that Contreras is your DH. So at least we found that. So we still need a second baseman. It's Brendan Donovan. Who the hell else plays second base apart from Gorman, Edmund, and Donovan? I don't know who else is on the roster at this point. They just designated Genesis uh, Cabrera, so maybe somebody got brought up. They would have announced that, Anthony. Well, we haven't been checking Twitter. Well, we can't because the lineup's out. Get off of Twitter right now. I'm not on Twitter. Is Jose Fermin still on the roster? (laughs) There's no way. What, are we showcasing old Fermi? (laughs) Who else is going to play second base? I don't know. All right, fine, go. Who? I don't know. Show me Brendan Donovan. (laughs) Son of a... Show us us Jose Fermin. Eight hole, eight hole. Okay, Bradford, you, you do not need to be. Okay, What'd you hey, call we're me? trying our best. You don't need to be calling us names. Why do you call you an a hole? <laughs> I don't know. The He's... bed is running out. Well, Show us. You know what? Cue it up again. Lars Nupar. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. He's playing second base. <laughs> no, he's not. Don't let go. I right, think this now is Donovan. Brendan Donovan. Go ahead. Oh, oh, yeah. You act like, oh, now Brendan Donovan. Well, so we've, like you we've had reached any freaking idea. We've reached nine here. Screw you. Show me Brendan Donovan. <laughs> see, Anthony? No, you see. Show us Jose Fermin. <laughs> yeah. Come on. What? Yes. Oh, Fermi? We have to run this one, don't we? Yeah, I guess. I have no idea. I have no idea where. what's going on. Ooh, all right. Well, leading <sighs> off in Manning center field, we've got Dylan Carlson, followed by the big fundamental Paul Goldschmidt at first base. Nolan Arenado, your third baseman in batting <laughs> third poor imitation. No, Wilson like Contreras is the designated hitter and cleanup man this evening. Jordan Walker in right field. Paul DeYoung, your shortstop. Batting six, Yvonne Herrera, catcher behind the plate, number seven, Lars Newbar, batting eighth, and Jose Fermin is that guy at the Keystone and batting ninth. Old Fermi. That was awful. I thought we did well. Wow. You're... What I just saw. Well, hopefully we're a little better at... Uh... Picking home run hitters. Uh, uh, Yeah. Go ahead. Bradford, you're our guest. Go for it. There goes the mic. Well, on Friday evening, guys, I had an inclination to go with Paul DeYoung. Didn't exactly pan out for me, but 
on this occasion with so many surprises in the lineup up and down the order against Lazardo, the Southpaw for the Marlins. I like Jordan Walker in the spot. Had a quiet weekend, but the recipe, it just seems ripe for him to elevate a heater. So give me Jordan Walker, jaywalking around those bases this evening. All right. I like that. Jamie. Well, in my opinion, you can't go wrong with Nolan Arenado here recently. But he hit one yesterday, didn't he? Again? Yes. He's been knocked off the Dobbs sign. Yeah, he did. So I'm going to podcast uh, brought to you by Dobbs Tyron Auto Centers. Mm -hmm. Nolan Arenado for me. All right. Jamie, there's another play you can't go wrong with at this point. Where are you going? It's Big Willie style. 19 for 37. I thought you were going with Jose Fermin. Yeah, he's hitting too far. He's going to hit a home run. He's just too far down the lineup. Uh, Wilson Contreras, nine, 19 for 37, 514, six doubles, three ding-dong Johnsons, six ribbies in his last 11 games. So give me Wilson Contreras, please. All right, we got news on Genesis Cabrera that we'll get to next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Bradford Bruns with an outstanding sports center update except yeah, but, uh, no never mind no I, no no that part define, yeah uh, can we discuss the ricochet <laughs> on that one bradford go back in uh, if you can summarize the who the who did the cardinals beat yesterday the nationals and what are they from the nation's capital They're the worst team in the nl east I mean, <laughs> that's what you said <laughs> It's true. I know it's true. It just struck me funny. He's like, Cardinals with a victory over the Washington Nationals. Worst team in the NFL. <laughs> Spinster. It was perfect. I mean, it was it was factual. I just, it hit me where I, I was like, that's funny. That was funny. All right. It's a fast lane on 101 at ESPN. Some, some news. We talked about Hennessy Cabrera earlier, who was DFA'd by the Cardinals. And we just started to, uh, I did, I won't put this on you guys, I started to speculate recklessly uh, what could happen because to me you don't DFA a 26-year-old left-hander who can throw gas who's been very good for you this year unless he went into the manager's office and, uh, you know, just verbally accosted the dolly or something. Well, something. Listen, Some, something happened. They, let's just say they have history. Yes. of clashing they do and when you're not a mm, superstar mm -hmm. and you clash with the manager more than once you're a problem child at that point and if that is the case this explains a lot i would think so but they do have seven days to trade him still okay so that's the dfa rule so yeah, they yeah. place him in the act they put him on waivers if he's claimed they still have seven days to trade him correct Derek Goulds, of course of stltoday.com tweeted out seven minutes ago that Henesis Cabrera's gear has been cleared out. He's been removed from the roster, so DFA, following a discussion with management this weekend. Team had explored trade interest in him. Hmm. What, what, does that, what does that what sound I, like to you, Jamie? You're a, prof you were a prof professional athlete. Yeah, it what sounds... Does, uh, they cleared him out, cleared out the locker, removed from the roster, yeah. had a discussion with management. That means there was some kind of a disagreement. Uh, most of the time, verbally, um, I have seen some pushing and shoving in the past that have happened where guys are cleared out quickly. Mm -hmm. This just screams to me that there was a disagreement over something. Either the the use of the player or the maybe the effort being put in by the player or maybe the player criticizing the manager's strategy. 
I don't know. It Someday. means to me that they did not see eye to eye, and the winning person in this one is always management. If management sides with the manager, then the player's gone. And it's, it, let's just be honest, is Henesis Cabrera worth undercutting your manager if that's what will happen? No. It, no he's not. He's not. If this was this is bad timing. If this was a Nolan Arenado or a Paul Goldschmidt and they had a verbal disagreement with whomever from the front office, whether mm-hmm. it's Ollie uh, or Dusty Blake or John Mozeliak, you're probably going to tolerate that discussion, we'll call it, more than if it's somebody who that you can move on from. Right. Even when your bullpen and your pitching staff, by yeah. and large, stinks. And someone did ask me, didn't you once fire a puck at Mike Babcock? Yes, I did. And uh, do you know what happened to that player? You, you got traded. He got traded later yeah. that day. Yeah. But that's why I did it. To be traded. Uh-huh. I said, I walked so skated they... off the ice and said, if that doesn't get me traded, nothing will. Is that when they sent you to Phoenix? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's when Ken Holland MF'd me on the phone mm. for forcing his hand. He wasn't happy about it. I said, Kenny, I love you. He said, I love you too, man. <laughs> he didn't say that, but you're, that's okay. You're a coyote. I no. could hear it through him, yeah, his voice. Yeah, sure. Uh, Tyler O'Neill is also not active today, according to Derek Gould, though that decision is coming in the next few days. Apparently, he's Tyler O'Neill's drawing closer and closer to coming back. Uh, Ryan Tapera. Ryan Tapera, everybody. He once received an MVP, MVP vote, according to Derek Gould, will be joining the club to take Henesis Cabrera's spot. Well, Tepe, huh? Yeah, active today per Mosaic. What, uh, what kind of player is Tepe, Anthony? Not a good one. <laughs> Why do you say that? He had a great year once, I heard. Yeah, once. Earlier this season didn't exactly light the world on fire with what's, the Halos. What's the ERA? Uh, 7.23. Okay. Seven Vulture Jay- wins in 2017 with the Jays. Okay. Uh, Seven-something ERA, Jamie, as you would say. Oh, it fits right in. That's correct. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN, the uh, Cardinals and the Marlins tonight. Jesus Lazardo versus Miles Michaelis. 6.45 start time at Bush Stadium. Now we'll do a four-pack for the NFL. Four downs. Four-pack of four downs. <sighs> Tell it's Monday. Yeah. Tell it's been a long year for the Cardinals. And a long us. week for you, Anthony. No doubt. And if all four downs, that's just on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So for those that are just joining us, we, we just discussed this, but about 15 minutes ago, Derek Gould tweeted out that Hennessy Cabrera's gear had been cleared out. He's been removed from the roster, DFA'd, following a discussion with the management this weekend. Uh, Jamie and I have speculated that um, it was more of a heated debate than a discussion. But again, that's just speculation on our part. Team had explored trade interest in him, according to Derek Gould. So Hennessy Cabrera, he gone. Oh, Tepe is in with his seven-plus ERA. Ryan Tapera will be joining the club, and he's active. Tyler O'Neill not active today, though that discussion. Oh, he was active. Well, he was active on the field. Yeah, just not from a yeah. roster st- uh, standpoint, Jamie. Quite Thanks honestly, for the he looks like a pretty active guy overall. He's oh, boy's in great shape, isn't he? I'll tell you what. If I'm a if I'm a contender, I want I want this guy on my roster. 
Who? The old T.O. Mm. He can bench press a house. He can. He had an MVP season, gold glove winner. I'd give up the bleeping farm for this guy. I like your sales pitch. If I'm Tampa, I'm calling the Cardinals right now and saying, hey, you activate our guy T.O. Mm-hmm. And let's talk trade. I don't think the Rays are going to go kicking on those If Dodgers. you're the Dodgers and you've been starting Jason Hayward and somebody named James Outman in the outfield, you don't want an Outman to be playing in the outfield. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally get it, Anthony. You want a T.O. Okay. I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. I'm selling the Dodgers Can we on just Tyler. Get the NFL I'm, four I'm, dogs, I'm, I'm selling the Dodgers on Tyler O'Neill, okay? I'd rather talk football, though. Let's go. You know how to speak to my heart, don't you? I know. Let's go. Ahead, go Bradford. First down. I like your subtle segue, T.O. I see what you did there. Let's talk Wasn't running. Wasn't even dry uh, Let's talk running backs, <laughs> though. Problem. Today, 3 p.m. our time, it was the deadline, actually, to apply franchise tags to a collection of different individuals around the league. Saquon Barkley. How'd it go? Well, still seeking uh. that long-term deal from the Giants. After all, they gave one to Daniel Jones a couple of months ago. Now, coming off of... The first playoff win for the G-Men since the Super Bowl a while ago. Let's just put it mildly that way. Does ownership really dare play chicken here? I mean, this is a guy who last year accounted for roughly 30% of that team's offense. He is the engine. He is the fulcrum. Jones still with just a barely above average passing season. Are we playing with fire here if you're New York? Oh, 100%. But if you're Saquon Barkley, do you really want to Do you really want to sit in? Is that what they call it now? Sit in? You saw what Le'Veon Bell did, right? He mi- he missed the entire season with the Steelers, held out, wind up being released because they figured out that James Conner at that point was a better option, a cheaper option than bringing back Le'Veon Bell. And Le'Veon Bell, after after getting his deal with the Jets, recently, this year, like the last, I don't know, month or so, said that he regretted the decision to not work it out with the Steelers and hold out and miss a whole year. So if you're Saquon Barkley and you've missed a ton of time, you're coming off, yeah, you're coming off a good year, you would think that that would have parlayed you into great success. But other than that, I mean, what's what's your market? The Vikings just released Dalvin Cook, who's still out there. So, yes, they are playing chicken to your question, uh, Bradford, but uh, I don't I don't know what option the, that Barkley has at this point. So let me ask you something here. <clears throat> I saw somewhere, I'm trying to find it right now, and in today's day and age with the... The Twitter verification process, the way it is, it's tough to tell what's real and what's fake, mm-hmm. Anthony. But somebody had posted here that Saquon Barkley um, looking to reach an extension deal following the deadline. What would that? Why would he? Why would he wait till after this deadline? Well, you could sign an extension. Is there some kind of a rule in place? There has to be a certain contract, or I he, don't know. He may have now. Was it three o'clock Central Time, right, Bradford? That was the yes. In, in, in terms of signing the franchise tag, he he may have. Um, I mean, he could sign it at any point. You could sign it and then report. So, I think that because Le'Veon Bell had an. I mean, he could he could have signed it. He could, he waited out. We I think if he waited till ten weeks in or twelve weeks in, then he could have came back and signed it. But I'm sure I'm sure Barkley is just trying to figure out an opportunity like okay I'll, I'll wait a little bit here 
I was still intention of signing the deal, but I, I would like a I would like to continue to talk mm-hmm. about a contract extension. That's that would be my guess on that. Okay. Second down. I take your word for it, man. <laughs> Speaking of upper echelon running backs, gentlemen, Joe Mixon just restructured his deal to remain a bingle. Now, he had a bang-up showing in that AFC divisional round game against the Bills. Overall, though, the production dipped last fall. T. Higgins, tenuous status after the 2023 season. Is it possible that the current Cincinnati core, as currently constituted, is maybe going on its last ride? 100%. Yeah, because they're going to sign Joe Burrow. They're going to sign Jamar Chase. Yes, this is this will be the, the the in terms of the current core. Yes, this is this is it. Now Joe Mixon. I think if I'm the Bengals, my my biggest concern is that Samaj P. Ryan of all players, who was not great in Washington, he shows up in Cincinnati. He was the guy that was the tough runner last year. He was the guy if they needed some if they needed between the team between the tackles running some some tough yards. It was Samaj P. Ryan, not Joe Mixon, and I know that Mixon had that, like you said, Bradford had the big game against in the uh, the AFC divisional round in Buffalo, but they're going to need a short yardage back to take over now that Samaj P. Ryan is gone because that game was the aberration for him down the stretch in yes, 2022. Absolutely, he had not been great, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, T. Higgins, you're going to be able to sign all these guys. T. Higgins, who was subject to some trade rumors this this off season, they're going to have to figure out what to do with him at some point because they're not going to be able to re-sign him. Once you once you pay Joe Burrow, once you pay Jamar Chase, they they watch two safeties go out the the door this off season because they know they're gonna pay Burrow. So that's tough. Good luck, Bengals. Third down. DeAndre Hopkins ultimately, it would seem, rebuffing the Patriots overtures. He's settling on Tennessee as his next destination. So the perennial all-pro, he escapes Arizona in a matter of speaking, but now is poised to catch passes from Tannehill, Willis, Will Levis. So, yay? What is he doing? Why would he go to the Titans? I don't know. Like, I don't think the Patriots are a much better team overall. No. But he's going to be the guy. Yeah. Tri- you better, yes. You better hope if you're the Titans that Traylon Burks is a stud. He's going into his second year because you're going to need somebody to work opposite of Hopkins because you need defensive coordinators to say, we can cover, we can go one-on-one with Hopkins. That's when he wins. He's not going to run past you. But if you don't have somebody on the other side, I mean, you got, you're going to have some big-time issues. So he goes there. Ryan Tannehill's coming off an injury-plagued, unproductive year. Malik Willis might get cut at some point, and Will Levis can't throw. Yeah, they got a lot of unproven arms under center. Yeah. So you better hope if you're Hopkins for a bounce-back year from Tannehill, or you're going to be doing a lot of blocking when Will Levis is in there. Well, does having Derrick Henry help DeAndre Hopkins? Does it help him get open? Yeah, essentially. Yeah, because you, know you, you got eight, eight guys in the box. Yeah. I'm just wondering if he looked at that and, and thought to himself, you know, there'll be more opportunity for me because so, so many teams are geared up for the run. Yeah. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson's no Derrick Henry, but he's he's a stud too. So if you look at it from New England standpoint. Yeah. To I your, don't know. It's kind of weird. To your point, Anthony, Mike Vrabel, the man at the helm there, has more career NFL touchdowns than any other other vertical threat on the roster. Yeah, that's pretty tough. And Mike Vrabel, of course, is a linebacker. So, hmm. not great. Good point. Good <laughs> How coach, many does though. he have? Two. 
Actually, he was flirting with double digits. Really? Shocking. No Shocking kidding. stuff, yeah. Look at Meg Vrabel. I like him. And Bill Belichick. He'll use you anyway. Yeah, he will. And then he'll cut you. Fourth down. Mm-hmm. That's the way it works. Speed round here. Tyreek Hill. Your next player. Tyreek Hill on his podcast. He's guaranteeing us a 2,000-yard receiving season, gentlemen. Lofty aspirations, yes, but you have to say that the Dolphins win healthy at least to us, status notwithstanding, boast one of the most explosive attacks in the NFL. Can you picture any any star reaching such unprecedented territory in this pass-happy era? Uh, no. I think my, what Calvin Johnson is the most receiving yards by a wide receiver in a season, mm-hmm. and that that was set in 2012. But you think about the firepower that Miami has with Jalen Waddle, and they've got you know maybe they they they're, they're the team that signs Dalvin Cook. Uh, they moved on from Mike Gesicki, the tight end. Not that they're using him a whole bunch, but that offense is is designed to spread the football around. I think Tyreek Hill will still post good numbers, but I don't think he's going to get to 2,000. I mean, Calvin Johnson was it for the Lions. It was like Matthew Stafford. Anytime they had a pass, Matthew Stafford just threw it up to him. Yeah. If they're if they're giving him that many passes, like I, I just have a hard time believing that you can do that without other teams just, I don't know, figuring right. it out a little bit. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, he didn't. what's his highest pass yard? Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Receiving yards in a, in a season. That's fine. Because that if out. he didn't get them while playing with the Chiefs, when they had Travis Kelsey as a as a distraction and mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes as a running distraction, yeah, how the hell is he going to get it with the Dolphins? He uh, had seventeen hundred like yards last year. Seventeen. Woof. He had fourteen hundred. The most he had with Kansas City was fourteen hundred. Almost fifteen hundred last year. Yeah, seventeen hundred last year. Three hundred yards is still a lot to get. Yeah. Now this is an extra year though, or extra extra year. game. Extra game. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh huh. So that you know you factor that in. But no, I don't think I don't think. What's going on with his legal battle right now? Because he's fine. He's still in trouble for punching some guy in the face at a fishing dock or something. Guy shouldn't have been standing there. Gauntlet next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN 403. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Bradford Bruns, filling in for Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. And Mark is back for round two. He beat me on Friday, and we told him that with Marsh gone, his options, uh, well, they're limited. He's just going to be Jamie today. So, Mark, welcome back to the show. You ready to take on Jamie? Hey, what's up, Anthony Bradford? Oh, hey, Jamie. Oh, oh wow. nice. All right, did the buddy. old hey, Jamie. Thing. All right, buddy. I like boy. that. All right, so you, you're in his you're in his dome already. Hmm? <laughs> I love I love Jamie. I, I never got to meet him or talk to him, but playing for the Blues the way he did, he's my kind of guy. Oh, nice. I appreciate that. Buttering me up, huh? All right. Well, good luck, my friend. See ya. All right, Jamie's going to make his way into the code of silence. Mark, you're going to tell Bradford to spin that wheel, and then we're going to see what category you get today. So go ahead, Mark. All right, Bradford, go ahead and spin that wheel. What are we hoping for, Mark? Well, I got you with football, so it's probably hockey with Jamie. That's the way I roll. I like your confidence. We have... How about that? Wow. back to... Is that back-to-back football? Okay. Correct. Okay, so we got football again. All right. Hey, you won on uh, you won on Friday, so maybe football is your category here. So Bradford's going to give me the launch codes, and then we're going to play. All right, here we go. Mark, are you ready? 
Yes, Anthony. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Question number one. Who was the Indianapolis Colts running back when they won the Super Bowl in 2006? Who was the Indianapolis Colts running back when they won the Super Bowl in 06? Oh, my gosh. Um, I can see it, but I can't. Uh, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna need the options. I can't think of his name. All right, no problem. Was it Donald Brown, Edron James, or Joseph Adai? Edron James. Edron James, sorry. No, Very that's good. Right. Yeah. All right, question number two. Deshaun Jackson played eight campaigns with the Philadelphia Eagles following his first stint in the city of brotherly love. He played for which team for three seasons? And which player is this? I'm sorry. Deshaun Jackson. I need the options on that. Okay. Option number one, Tampa Bay Bucks. Number two, Baltimore Ravens. And number three, the Washington Redskins at the time. Uh, let's go with the Ravens. Final answer? Final answer, sorry, yep. That's right. All right, Mark, question number three. What college did Randy Moss play for? What college did Randy Moss play for? No, no idea. Options, please. Houston, USC, or Marshall? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Houston. Final answer. Okay, Mark. Let's finish in style. Tell me what team defeated Clemson 31 to 14 this past season in the Orange Bowl. <laughs> oh boy, Orange Bowl. Uh, no, I need the options. Uh, let's see. Let's before you give me the options. Let me just try to think about Orange Bowl. Is what where they're at in their category. So. Okay, maybe it didn't, you know, doesn't have the cachet it once did. Option one, Texas A&M. Option two, Florida. And number three, Tennessee. Um, I won't say the volunteers, but let's go with, uh, with Florida. That's Seminoles, right? No, that's Gators. Oh, it's the Gators. Yeah, let's go with uh, Florida Gators, final answer. All right. All right, we'll bring back Jamie from the Cone of Silence. Mark, how are you feeling? I feel like I got them all wrong. Okay, well, you never know. Jamie's ooh, Jamie on a on a hop there. Not a little bit. Sprinting. Look at you. A little bit of a limp, though, Anthony. We'll get into that later. Okay, fair enough. Yep. Is that an on-air story? Yeah. Okay. I mean, the first part of it. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right, Jamie. Yeah. Are you ready? Sure. Well, you better pack a lunch. Yes. Your category is football. I love football, Anthony. Yeah, you do. Question number one. Who was the Indianapolis Colts running back when they won the Super Bowl in 2006? Mm. Who was the Indianapolis Colts running back when they won the uh, Super Bowl in 06? I know this. I know this, but I can't think of it right now. Uh, is it Edron James? In 06? Ah, give me the options, please. Donald Brown, uh-huh. Edron James, Joseph Adai. Gut feeling. Give me Edron James, please. Final answer. Jamie, Deshaun Jackson played eight seasons for the Philadelphia Eagles after his first stint in Philly. He played for which team for three seasons? Deshaun. 
Okay. Options, please. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Baltimore Ravens, and the then Washington Redskins. I'll go with the Washington, then Redskins. Final answer. Question number three, Jamie. Yeah. Which college did Randy Moss attend? Who did Randy Moss play for? Marshall. What? Is that your final answer? Yeah. That's where he was drafted from. Marshall. Final answer. Zero hesitation. Who's their mascot? The Mountaineer. No. <laughs> Good. <ahead>. Number four. <laughs> what squad defeated Clemson 31-14 to this past college football season in the Orange Bowl? Oh, yeah. College football. Can't get enough. Coming up soon. Yeah, it is. SEC media days. Mm. So Clemson lost to, hmm, why do I want to say Alabama? I don't know why I want to say that, but give me the options. We have Texas A&M, University of Florida, mm. and Rocky Top, Tennessee. Okay, well, good. Good thing I don't want to say Alabama. Um, Clemson lost to... This is a tough one, Anthony. This is the one I feel that can break me. Although I have no idea how it worked. It. Um, Clemson. Who the hell did they lose to? Texas A&M. Tennessee. I feel like it was a battle of the oranges. I'll go Tennessee. Final answer. In the Orange Bowl. I feel like it was. Yeah. All right, let's go over these. Who was the Indianapolis Colts running back when they won the Super Bowl in 2006? Mark, you said, I can't think of his name. You heard the options. Then you went with Edron James. Jamie, you said Edron James. And then you said, but I better get those options. Then landed on Edron James. Correct answer is... Joseph Adai. Joseph Adai is was. the correct answer. So we got a 0 0 tie between Mark and Jamie. Deshaun Jackson played eight seasons with the Philadelphia Eagles. Following his first stint in Philly, he played for which team for three seasons? Mark, you took the options. You went with the Baltimore Ravens. Jamie, you took the options. You went with the then Washington Redskins. Correct answer is Jamie's on the board. Redskins. Oh. 1 0 lead for Jamie. Yes. What college did Randy Moss play for? Mark, you took the options. You went with Houston, who are the Cougars. Yeah, they are. Jamie, you did not take the options. You got a little confused. I not really. Confused. You, you, you actually you said Marshall. Weird. Well, I was waiting for you to say final answer. I actually felt like he was trying to deter me from the right answer. It was a gray area. What? Thank you. Right Correct answer is. We are the Thundering Herd. There you go. Marshall. Marshall. Moss Jamie's and Jason it. Williams. That was a fun time. There you go. Jamie with a 3-0 lead over Mark. Final question. Which team defeated Clemson 31-14 this past season in the Orange Bowl? Mark, you took the options. You went with Florida. Jamie, you took the options. You went the all-orange Orange Bowl, Clemson, Tennessee. T-t-Tennessee. Correct answer is... Not sure if this verdict even matters anymore, but the volunteers. Matters to Jamie. Mark. <laughs> yeah. You have chosen... Poorly. You lose. <laughs> Mark, you did not feel good about it. You thought you didn't get any right. And guess what, my friend? You're on the board. You did not get any right except for that. Sorry, bud. Yeah, it's great playing with you guys, man. Have a good one. You too. Thanks Appreciate for listening. It, Thanks Have for playing. Have a good one, buddy. Uh, Jamie, nice job, man. 4-0. You, my, you clean sheet, Mark. My, <laughs> my brain was like, 
as soon as I thought of Tennessee, I was like, wait, they have like the same colors. Mm-hmm. And I remember, remember there was a big battle. I did not put the Orange Bowl together, but you you got the old uh, hamster on the wheel here. Who did Alabama play in the bowl game last year? Because they weren't they weren't in the college college football playoffs. No, I don't know. You had Michigan versus um, TCU, and then you had Ohio State versus Georgia. Georgia that didn't go well. That was close. The Georgia, then, oh, the then Georgia, Georgia and TCU. As Jamie would, as, as my co-host Jamie Rivers would say, TCU finished third that night. <laughs> they did. They ran roughshod over K State, which will be taking on uh, Mizzou in a matter of months. Oh. Alabama K State was the bowl game. K State. What are they? The Cougars? No, they're the, the wild, Tigers. They're the Wild. Cats. I knew there was a cat. <laughs> Sugar Bowl, gentlemen. Mm. This is the Sugar Bowl. Okay, thank you, Bradford. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the catching situation for the Cardinal Rallies. You've got Wilson Contreras. you got Yvonne Herrera, who's starting tonight. Wilson Contreras is the DH. And then if, and then Andrew Kisner's back. And Kisner played yesterday. How is this going to go with this catching position? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you look at it as a combination of being maybe too aggressive um, on the throw to first and then just a, a mental lapse on the second one as far as what we were doing there. Um, but that's why Gorman wasn't at the bag on that play. So, uh, yeah. Ali Marvel talking about some of the defensive miscues that you saw over the weekend. The, the John Zayla quotes from down at the ballpark have been released. So we're going get to get into that in a couple of minutes because some interesting stuff from uh, Mo. But I wanted to spend a couple of minutes, Jamie, talking about the, the catching situation for the Cardinals. So they've got tonight, they've got Wilson Contreras DHing and Yvonne Herrera is catching. We saw Andrew Kisner activated yesterday and he was behind the dish. I've stated this the last week or so, especially after Yvonne Herrera came up and he, he made an immediate impact. Yvonne, Jamie, I don't know how you feel, but Yvonne Herrera, after the trade deadline, Yvonne Herrera would be catching three games a week for me, and Wilson Contreras would, would be my DH in those moments. And I would figure out what to do with, with Kiz Daddy. I think Andrew Kisner, maybe he winds up fetching you a low, low-level prospect, and he can go to a place that he can catch full-time. Uh, or be a you know one A to a one B. I don't know. Yeah. But Yvonne Herrera, in my opinion, his time has come. And just because you sign Wills Contreras for eighty plus million dollars does not mean that Yvonne Herrera shouldn't be splitting time behind the dish. Contreras, who's heated up now again, we know he can hit. We we know he can hit. Donovan eventually that wrist should be fine, so he doesn't need to DH full time. Have Contreras be your DH. He can catch three out of the six games per week. Yvonne Herrera's getting the rest for me in the second half. Yeah. Um, you don't like it. Just say it. No, I think that— You don't the, like my idea and you don't like me. What I don't like is that the Cardinals have three catchers on their roster again. That's ultimately what I don't like. I don't think there's—there's there's no scenario in which this is the best way of doing business. There isn't. So when I look at Herrera and I look at Cardinal needs, does he fetch you— some of your solutions. Like, does a young catcher like that who's blossoming right now to where he could go to a team that sets up and says, you know what, yeah, we've got a starter for you, for Yvonne Herrera, because he's going to be the catcher of the future. There's a lot of teams that are weak at the catcher position. Does he help you that way? Because you are pot committed. 
to Contreras right now. I don't care if you like the deal mm-hmm. or if you hate the deal. I don't care. If, as far as an organization is concerned, to save any kind of face on this, you have to play him. Doesn't mean he has to play full-time. It's like every single game. But this is why I would have an Andrew Kisner. Kiz daddy's not pushing anybody out of their job. He'll be there as the 1B. No problem. I'll play those three games a week. Whatever you need me to do. And then we can both split time so Contreras can DH and then I can catch. And you know, With Herrera, though, I don't think you can do that. Kisner's past that little threshold of mm-hmm. like up and coming. Yeah, twenty eight. Herrera, you're not gonna you're not gonna roadblock Herrera with Contreras, and you're not gonna take away from your eighty seven and a half million dollar free agent by playing him fewer games than your up and coming star. I'm not playing him fewer games. I'm just playing him more games at DH. I just I'm just saying, what gets can you get something for Herrera on the open market? Like you, not on the open on the trade market. You could, but I, I don't want to trade him. So then you're going to have that problem for the next four years? Yeah. Yvonne Herrera Herrera is going to be be more of my full-time catcher. Fine. But I can tell you this, it's going to blow up in your face. It's going to blow up in your face. You're going to have a veteran player like Contreras that at some point Mm -hmm. has had enough. He's had enough, and he's going to be like, this is BS. So you want out? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. I'll trade him. But then find something. The, the problem is you're not going to get what you paid for him. And right. what I mean by that is you're not going to get a player of equal value as far as what they can bring to the the playing field. If you run, but Ivan Herrera could be an actual catcher. Could be. And not a DH disguised as a catcher. I agree. We're agreeing, but I'm just telling you, you have a problem here, and you've caused your own problem by overreacting with this with the the checkbook. Right. But in all fairness to John Mozeliak and the Cardinals at the time, Herrera wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. All you had to go off of was what he did last year for you in his brief time up here, and it wasn't pretty. It wasn't. And then Andrew Kisner never really seized the moment, never became the next guy up. So you had to go find a catcher. You kicked the tires on Sean Murphy. The asking price was way too high from an organization standpoint. Right. So what's the easy way to do it? You throw money at it because we have some money. We don't like to just spend frivolously, but we do have the money to pick up the player. Yeah. Now you have a problem because you have a young catcher that's outperforming, at least defensively, your big free agent signing. And he's still he's doing pretty good at the dish, too. He's not hitting the ball as hard as Contreras. He's not getting you know the, the extra base hits, but he's still performing at the plate. He's giving you more at the plate than Yachty did. Yeah. I'm not going to compound a mistake by making another one. That's how I would view it. But you're going to end up with a tough situation a year from now down the road. Then don't then then I would turn to Contreras if he did have an issue and say, "Okay, then then show me why you're the better catcher than than Ivan Herrera." We're still paying you a lot of money. Go hit the ball. You're our DH. <sighs> but that, that's stupid. Why is that stupid? Stupid. It would be dumber. Is he a true DH? With if if is, if will if is Yvonne, Wilson Contreras a true DH? If Ivan Herrera winds up being my full time catcher, then yes. No, but he's not. He's de- you're defaulting him to DH. He's not really a true. You're defaulting him I'm, to DH because playing, you screwed up. I'm playing. Yeah, I'm playing my best players. I'm playing my best players. Again, this is all under the pretense, of course, that Yvonne Herrera does, you know, he, he continues to play well. Listen, in an ideal world, Anthony, Herrera is my guy. Okay. For a number of reasons. One, the upside is still tremendous for this young player. Mm-hmm. And you have a ton of team control. 
ahead of you with this guy. Yes. Which helps you, I don't know, open up the wallet for a starting pitcher or something like so. Don't speak of blasphemy. I understand that. But looking to rebuild your team or retool your team, having a cost control player helps you. Right. It does. Then so, why are you trading him? I'm not. I don't want to. All I'm saying is that there's a problem. Right now, you currently have three guys on your roster. Kisner is like the clubhouse favorite. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean he's worth anything on the field. Right. He plays pretty well, calls a pretty good game, works really hard, all that stuff. Great. He'll he's look a great. backup catcher. He'll look great uh, backing up Salvador Perez in Kansas City. Perfect. Fine. You'll do him a favor. You'll send him there. You'll ask for almost nothing in return because Kisner's been nothing but a true pro for your team. Absolutely. But now you're sitting there with Herrera and Contreras. And they're so close in ability right now. It's not like a Yachty situation to mm-hmm. where you've got this young catcher who's looking up to Yachty and he's going to just wait his turn and it's everything's okay. It's not the same situation. Herrera right now, he's trying to push Contreras out of the position. He's trying to make him a DH, yeah. as he should. He should want the job. But Contreras at the same time, he's an $87.5 million player that is going to say, screw you. You signed me to play catcher for this team i just see it at some point there's going to be friction yeah you might you might be right inevitably but we we have to do what's best for the team and i'm okay with that i am ultimately okay with that but i just don't like the fact that you had to spend almost 90 million dollars to figure it out you screwed up i know you screwed the pooch you did so now you have to deal with it, but don't make don't make two mistakes at the same time. All right, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stoltz. So let's get into what John Mozalak just told the media about pitching. And uh, there's some Cardinals fans that are foolishly getting excited about something that will never, ever happen. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Now, right now, why? It's a good segment we have now. <laughs> Jamie, the mic's around. It's the Fast Lane yeah. on 101 ESPN. And we have your chance right now. Right now, Jamie. Right now. To score I'm excited a pair, about the segment. To score a pair of tickets to see. Well, people want their foreigner tickets. We have your chance right now to score a pair of tickets to see Foreigner with special guest Loverboy. This went this Wednesday at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Tickets for the historic farewell tour are on sale now, and you can text in 314-399-9646 to win free tickets to see Foreigner just by answering this trivia question, as we've been talking about. And this is Cabrera, designated for assignment earlier today. Who do the Cardinals trade to acquire in a package of players? And this is Cabrera from the Rays. Who did the Cardinals trade to acquire Hennessy's Cabrera, among others, from the Tampa Bay Rays. If you have the correct answer, again, the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. You have to be the 101st texter to win, but then you can get all the details at 101ESPN.com or the 101 app when it comes to the Foreigner concert this Wednesday night. All right, Jamie. What's your favorite Foreigner song? Um, well, the, the, the one with the drum beat was yeah. awesome. I want to know what love is. Show me a picture. Well, that's cute. You're welcome, Mo. Okay, so um, John Mozalock, speaking of which, Mo, he was down at the ballpark and spoke to the media for nearly 30 minutes, according to Derek Gould. He told reporters his priority is to add pitching, pitching, 
and beyond at the deadline, which is great. Mm. They've re- Mo has recognized that pitching actually wins baseball games. Jamie? I think he Who knew, knew? That. No, I think he knew that. You can't just have all offense, apparently. You got to have guys that are going to throw. Yeah. Shocking development, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Snark over. All right, add pitching, pitching, and beyond at the deadline. Says team will definitely have to sign a free agent pitcher this winter. There's no way he sees a complete retool of the rotation to contend in 24. So, got to add. Now, our, this, is one, uh, this is one example, but our guy Swan reached out on Twitter. He said... Um, he said this. He goes. Does this mean that they're gonna they're gonna pony up in free agency and spend? Mo needs to choose his words carefully here. And I just responded with a gift that said, "I wouldn't get your hopes up. This will never happen. I, uh, they you are know not what? gonna spend big in free agency. Go blank yourself, San Diego. Yeah. Um, Who has one? Now San Diego did nothing to you uh, personally that I know of. Well, they li- eliminated us from the postseason a couple of years they ago. Did. They among did. others. That's true. Good point. First round's been a juggernaut, for sure. Certainly has. Although I'd take it this year. Some call it the toughest round. Uh Uh-huh. I'd take it this year over what's currently going on. Me too. Hmm. No, I'd... um, Listen, if past behavior is the predictor of future behavior... Andrew Brandt. Yep. Then John Mosellock will, again, go shopping in the pee pool. Anthony, we talked about that before. <laughs> we did. You know, instead of that beautiful, like, infinity pool with the mm-hmm. ceramic tiles and all that. No, Mo goes in the community pee pool. Yeah. Um, Wait, was the community was it the community pee pool? Because when you and I were talking about this, and you were trying, you were like talking about the infinity pool, and mm-hmm. that's the pool I want to swim in, and yeah. everybody was like, "Yeah, I want to swim in Jamie's pool," and I was like, "Yeah." But that's not the pool the Cardinals are going to be shopping no. in. They're going to be shopping in that that inflatable pool. Yeah. With all the grass clippings and or your with kids every been peeing kid in the in neighborhood. It. Yeah. That's in the pool. But amazingly enough, two hours later, not one of them has left the pool. Right. Hmm. And they've been drinking all day. Yes. It's popsicles everywhere. And popsicle like, you sticks. You think it's a popsicle staining the water, but it's, it's not. No, it's the pee pool. Right. That's the that's pool. That's where you wanted them to shop. No, I didn't want them to shop there. That's where I knew they were going to shop there. Huh. And guess what? What? They did. They did. They sure did, Anthony. But I think this time it might change. I know. I know. It's that toxic relationship, <laughs> Anthony. No, don't throw the chair. Okay. Come on. I think At some it, point, you got to grow up. You know what? First of all, just watch your mouth. Second of all, I will never grow up. Proof of that, I'll tell you that much. There's video of something this weekend. I will never grow up. You and Peter Pan. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hand in hand. I don't know about that. Mm. But um, I think John Mosellock has to do something different. I think that, you know, we saw that uh, Marty Kilcoin interview with John Mosellock, and John Mosellock goes on in that. I don't know if it's on the interview or if it's just the audio. It goes on to say that there's been a lot of sleepless nights. That his wife, you know, he's like, I haven't been the greatest guy around the house, and I've been moody. and you know. oh. No, but he, he's feeling the stress of oh. the season. And I don't think John Mosellock wants his legacy, because he's only got a couple of years left in this thing. I don't think he wants his legacy of leaving the Cardinals in shambles. Mm-hmm. So I think John Mosellock is going to go to ownership and say, listen, you gave me $87.5 million last year for Contreras. I need money for a starting pitcher. 
There's two guys that I really like, Aaron Nola and Blake Snell. We have to get one of them. I need you to almost give me a blank check that I will clear with you first, but I have to be able to go to battle here with some of these other teams that are going to be coming in like with big pockets. I think this is the year he does it. I feel like at the deadline, I think John Mosellock gets other pieces to go into the rotation moving forward. I think that he also internally is going to have to watch uh, Graceffo and McGreevy and Tink Hens continue to develop. He's going to also have to hope that Steven Matz and Miles Michaelis can do their thing. But I do think this is the year he goes and tries to get that big fish. I feel like he has to. If he doesn't, then he's a fool. Jamie, I lay it out there like that. If he doesn't, then shame on him. Jamie, I'm in complete agreement with you. Complete agreement. He has to. You're right. But who does he have to hold hostage within the the organization and drag them into Dewitt's office to. to say, "Hey, I don't. I know. will knife this. You know what? If you don't allow <laughs> like, me to spend." <laughs> Who is that? Like Fredbert? No. <laughs> Does he it's have to be drag somebody in, f- in the family? Right. I would think so. <laughs> Which one? You nah. Uh, yeah. No, we don't have. We, listen, first of all, we don't need that to happen. No, that would be wrong. But, Terrible. Okay, but in all seriousness, who does he have to drag into Bill Dewitt's office at at knife point and say, "I will stab this person"? Unless you give me more money to spend, because that—that's yeah. the only way. You—you you and I can talk about it until we're blue in the face. People want to say you don't hold Mo accountable. Well, Mo, you better sign Aaron Nola or Blake Snell, or else we're going to continue to talk badly about it. That's not yeah. going to do it. I, here's what I do think: is I think the entire organization has felt the pressure this year. This is not something Cardinal Nation is accustomed to. Having a losing season or having a season where you don't make the playoffs in the last what 20 years where you you know you still had a good run at it that's one thing this is embarrassing Mm -hmm. to see the st louis cardinals name the brand in last place in arguably the worst division in baseball al central close there with them that's embarrassing and we can say whatever we want about you know the dewitt family how much they spend or how much money they make and how much they should spend because they make so much money it's one thing fine we can debate that all day long they're they they're proud people though. Yeah. You don't get to where you're at in business and everything else if you don't take pride and you don't have that competitive edge. They do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this year stings. And I feel like it's not going to take that much for the Dewitt family to be like, you know what? Go get the big fish, but you better be right on some of these other ones that you're getting in the pee pool. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you better go get some of these other accent pieces. We'll give you the money for that that big dog, yeah. But make sure it's the right one. You know what else is vital though? If he is going to be able to, if let's just say do the the Dewitts give him the the do re me mm-hmm. to go out and get Nola or Snell. You know what he also has to do? Something that we continue to talk about. He's going to have to get pitching at this deadline as well. That's what I'm saying. Because that's if you part don't, of the process. Yes, you set the table right now at the deadline, right. and then you serve the dinner at free agency. Because if you don't think about it this way, you've got two guys, really just one, and Michaelis. You could have Mats next year too in your rotation. Michaelis is going to make twenty mil, I believe. Mats is going to make what? Eleven. Eleven. If you go into free agency next year, a, st- a good starting pitching, just good, like number threes, start at 20 mil. 
you can't sign three twenty million a year guy. You know what I mean? So you're gonna no. have to get cost control guys. Well, this is at where you gotta hope that Grisefel, McGreevy, Tink sure. Kent is probably a stretch. But you could start. But you could start this at the deadline this year. Libertor, yeah, you can't close the door on that guy yet. You know, like these guys are gonna. One of those guys is gonna have to compete and earn the number five spot. Agreed. When you trade Flaherty and or Montgomery. You're going to have to get somebody. Or Paul DeYoung or whoever else you yes. move at the deadline. Like John Moselock said, pitching, pitching, pitching. I like that he hasn't I like that he hasn't played coy right now mm-hmm. to the point to where, like, oh, I don't want the rest of the league to know what we're going out to get. The rest of the league knows. They know. He knows that. So, he, you know what? Forget it. I don't care. We're going to get pitching. So address that this year. Get some accent pieces, a good supporting cast, as he'd say in, in the movie business, and then go get your star yeah. in the offseason. I don't mind him saying it. we need pitching. You could, one, you do. The rest no, of the league's but, you not know, Sometimes stupid. you don't want to divulge your strategy. Be like, oh, you're yeah. going to get fleeced. Right. No, it doesn't work that well, way. The Dod- if I'm the Dodgers, I'm like, I got pitching, yeah. and I need I need a couple of guys from you. Tyler O'Neill, especially. Huh? <laughs> that guy's a stud. You're, then he'll go He's hit coming 25 back. homers in the second half of the season. Of course he will. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Uh, with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Seltzer, we have our Sports Six Pack next. So if you got a question, 314-399-9646. Send in questions for us. Again, Sports Six Pack next in the Fast Lane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, time for the Sports Six Pack in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stolzer. And here's our guy, Brad Bruns, pinch hitting today for Andrew Marsh. Question number one. All right, Anthony, here we go. Did you see this over the weekend? Lake Tahoe was the site of a hole-in-one for Warrior Star. Yes, yeah, Steph Curry on nice. the golf course. Celebrity tournament style, of course. Uh, Jamie, when you played back in the NHL days, care to reference any other pros who were just nauseatingly good at another sport? Not their chosen sport, but just so darn good at another one it made you sick. Oh, well, NHL. NHL guys or other athletes that were in both <clears throat> either or well I'm trying to think a lot of NHL guys are good golfers Grant Fear was a, a really good golfer as a teammate used to love getting out on the links and playing with Fears. he was one of those guys that made it fun like even if you suck you had a good time because he'd kind of giggle and, and kind of you know poke at you a little bit but yeah didn't embarrass you too bad mm. um but, yeah, I mean, in that era, like, you know, obviously Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders, and those guys are pretty good at a couple of different sports. But Was anybody, like, who was the best athlete overall? Like, anything <clears throat> they did? Golfing, ping pong? You yeah. You to take, at, I don't know, go, so, at so bats? Many, so many good athletes. I mean, I, I don't know if hockey players are the best athletes. I'm sure that would be challenged by, well, probably multiple sports. The only pushback I have is that, you know, when's the last time Bo Jackson skated down the ice? Yesterday, probably. Maybe. Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson. he might have played in the NHL had he wanted to. There's no doubt. But I, but that's kind of the, always the, the you know, the, the, the ace of spades is, like, I can, I can run, I can catch a football, I can hit a baseball, I can catch a baseball, I can do all these things, and I can ice skate. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, even if you take Michael Jordan or LeBron James and you drop them on skates, I don't care how long you give them. They're never going to be able to compete at any level. Sure. So, I don't know. Yeah, kind of the ultimate equalizer. I get you. That's the only thing, you know, we got. Yes. Because mm-hmm. we're the most Question underpaid. Question number two. That's what I'm telling you. Underpaid, those hockey guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did I hear LeBron <laughs> again? LeBron uh, no. reference no, number, hey, number two. LeBron. We're, 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 we're going now, to get please. into it for another reason. Stop the presses. LeBron James has announced, yes, very fond of those announcements, that next season he will be returning to the number 23, no longer the number six. He won it for one final campaign last NBA season to honor the late, great Bill Russell. What are some of the most iconic numbers in all of sports beyond 23? Mm-hmm. Let's go 99, mm-hmm. 42, babe, number three. Give me another one, guys. I always think of uh, 20 with Barry Sanders. I think of 21 with Dion. I think are those iconic, though, Anthony? I don't know if they're iconic. 21? I don't think I, I don't know about that. The number 20, Barry Sanders. Yeah, okay, but that you're, you're attaching it to one player. Okay. Well, is it supposed to be one jersey or just one like numbers overall? Just a number that pertains to a particular athlete, but that stands out maybe through multiple sports. Yeah, yeah across twenty-one. Dion. Who else? Give me another. Give me another famous twenty-one. Quick. Three, two. Charles Woodson. Really? That's yeah. that's iconic. He's a hell of a player, but he's not iconic. That's Sorry. That's Stop, it. Stop it. Stop it. Number See, two. Number two. Those can be iconic for sure. Derek Jeter. <laughs> Not that, too. <laughs> How about number 66? Who do you think of? Mario Lemieux. There you go. Hockey guy doesn't know who Mario Lemieux is. Come on. I know who Mario is. 88. Michael Irvin. Eric Lindros. Patrick Kane. Mm. So see, that's what I'm talking about, where you have multiple athletes. 80. 80. Jerry Rice. Absolutely. Steve Largent. <laughs> he was. You're right. Was. Hey, I don't he, think of eighty that way. He had a record for a while. No, Steve Largen was excellent. Yeah, he was really good. Yeah. You have no respect for him. I, what? Shame on you. Come on, man. Shame on you. Uh, well, number seven. Oh, Big Walt. Red Berenson. John. Pat Elway. Maroon. Yeah, the big rig. Mm-hmm. Number thirteen. Alexei Torbchenko. <laughs> I'm calling it. Question number Brad three. For number 13. <laughs> oh, dear, Come on. Dear, dear. Why, who? Number 13. Who? Dan Marino. I, he didn't win anything, Anthony. <laughs> Ooh. Well, after that first season, as far as playoff misfortunes, I guess you could go there. Harsh, though. Isotoner harsh, gloves, harsh, harsh. I'll be with harsh. forever. Forever, the co-star in Ace Ventura. I'll mm-hmm. leave it at that. Yeah. Mixing music and sports here. Did you guys also see that Eminem over the weekend popped up at Ed Sheeran's concert in, yes, Detroit, the Motor City? I actually have a little really? bit of a sample here. And, oh, yeah, boy. Ed Sheeran's trying to do his thing. And then, of course, M does his thing, Lose Yourself, which has been around for, what, close to a couple of decades now? I'm curious, though, with that still being such a fixture at arenas everywhere, is there a quote-unquote jock jam that you actually haven't gotten tired of yet that just plays over and over at arenas? I I mean, Hmm. Queen's We Will Rock You is the most iconic, and I don't think I've tired of that. I pegged you for a Cotton Eye Joe guy. Don't you peg me. Don't you dare. Why? I thought you'd like that. Cotton Eye Joe. Cotton Eye Joe. You know that, Anthony. I do know it. But no. I saw you singing it the other day in the hallway. That was Bradford. No, that was you. And you had a little dance going and everything. Oh, that was Mike Ryder. Uh-uh, that was you. I saw that chest there a mile away. It was Marsh. 
That was a mustache. Um, mm. I like um, in hockey rinks. You hear it quite a bit. It's Lincoln Park in the end. I like really? That. Oh yeah. I mean, it's a good song. It's a great I just song, Anthony. I don't think of that. As I know like, you don't. I just. I. That's why I prefaced it with. I still love. Uh, was it was it zombie something? Rob Zombie. Cranberries? No. <laughs> Come Dolores. on. FTW. No, zombie. Yeah. Uh, Sing a few bars. Not, it's not. It's the techno. Yeah, yeah. Zombie oh, that's nation. Zombie Rihanna, nation. Right? Yeah. Oh, jeez. How does it go? They played oh, in college. Oh, yeah. Oh, they played in the college uh, oh, oh. college football. What stadiums. NHL team goal song is that? Three, two, Boston Bruins. You're right. You're right. Had that played twice in one night. Did you? Yeah. Nice. Baby. You scored two goals? Two goals. One as a forward, one as a defenseman. Look at you. You're <laughs> sick SOB. Hit the post in the second period, too. Would've then the game to... coach. How about this crap? We're up by two goals. End of the game, they pull their goalie. He doesn't put me out there. Who's the coach? Robbie Fatorek. No, you'd think that <laughs> Robbie Fatorek was the guy who was like came in before the game that game and said, "I think you can play forward." I played forward, <laughs> and he didn't let me get my hat trick. Did you ever have a hat trick in the NHL? Several, and I can't remember all of them at this point. No, that was didn't. A, that that would have been it. it. Oh man. Sorry, Question buddy. number four. From the 314, appreciative of the gridiron talk so far today, gentlemen. So with Saquon Barkley getting the tag, not getting the long-term deal, what does this mean for some of the other upper echelon backs like a Tony Pollard and even Josh Jacobs, for that matter, their production versus needs of their respective teams with the Cowboys and Raiders? Uh, it means that if say, if the Giants aren't giving Saquon Barkley, who is their offense, the money that he uh, deserves – then you're you're screwed. I mean, Josh Jacobs had an unbelievable season. I, I will say this, though. When you look at Josh Jacobs, you're really talking about his rookie year and last year. Saquon Barkley, you're really talking about half of his rookie year and last year. These aren't – like, Derrick Henry got paid. Derrick Henry has been a consistent – he's been the he's been the aberration, right? Like, he has been the, the guy that has maintained his production. Running backs have a short shelf life. NFL teams know this. It's a tough living. It is. I mean, if you're Atlanta right now, you got Bijan Robinson. You utilize him for that rookie contract, and then you do the same thing that the Giants are doing to Saquon Barkley. It's just the nature of the position. Dalvin Cook got his money though, and then he got released once they realized that Madison could do the same thing, yeah. the same thing for less. Running backs kind of get screwed over. Yeah, they do. They're used and abused, and they used to get paid for it. Mm -hmm. They don't anymore. anymore. The teams have smartened up. Yep. All right, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Salter's fast line on 101 ESPN. The only difference is like this is like a Christian McCaffrey, somebody that. Oh, yeah, but he's multi. Like, exactly. Yeah. If I don't have to take you off the field, I'll pay you. If I can put you in the slot as a running back, you could get money. You know, if you're Saquon or if you're Josh, ja Josh Jacobs, probably be a better example. Josh Jacobs, uh, I. I I can find an, I can find another Josh Jacobs in the third round next year, and he's really good. Don't get me wrong, but Alabama's got, you know, their 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 depth chart is five deep with running backs. So, yeah, you're right, Jamie. They've smart they've uh, smartened up. What's trending is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 503, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter, and here's Bradford Bruns 
with what's trending. Gentlemen, all kinds of tidbits and notes from the ballpark today. The Cardinals and Marlins getting started in about an hour and a half, but... John Mozalock recently told the assembled members of the media that Tyler O'Neill, not yet reactivated from the IL, could happen as soon as tomorrow. When he returns to the club, he is going to be the guy in left field, also referencing the fact that Jordan Walker should continue to get daily reps. Lars Newbar, part of that group as well, conspicuous by the absence, tonight's leadoff man, Dylan Carlson. Well, let's start with Tyler O'Neill before we get into Dylan Carlson. Tyler O'Neill, for me, guys, I'm just going to be very blunt about this like I have been. I, As soon as Tyler O'Neill is ready to play, I am playing him every inning of every game until the trade deadline. I am also considering leading him off so he gets as many ABs as humanly possible. Why would you lead him off? Exactly what I just said. I am showcasing him. Who? Tyler O'Neill. You're leading him off? I, if I could get him extra at-bats, I'm going to. If he runs into five, maybe I could get something at the deadline for him. And then, see ya. Mm. So that's that's how I interpret the Tyler O'Neill situation. I would you? agree. I agree. I mean, you have to you have to figure out what you can do with this guy. If I he know comes what I can back, do with him. if he comes back and he dominates, that's great news because you're going to get more from at the trade deadline. I don't see Tyler O'Neill wearing the birds on the bat next season. I don't either. I don't see Tyler O'Neill wearing the birds on the bat past the trade deadline. I agree. Now, the risk of making him your everyday left fielder between now and the trade deadline is... He gets hurt. Yep. But, you know, what else is new? Uh, what did what did you think of the, Tyler, or the uh, Dylan Carlson situation? <clears throat> I find that interesting based on the fact that Dylan Carlson is still so young um, and that... Now, you're hitting him leadoff, so maybe that plays into your theory of get him the most at-bats possible. But I also find it interesting because, again, I'll go back to a broken record. John Mozalock said from his cold, dead hands, you wouldn't get Dylan Carlson, and then said that one of the pieces that was asked in the Juan Soto trade, one of the pieces, not the main piece, maybe he was the main piece, I don't know, said no, he wouldn't include Dylan Carlson in that trade. And then went on to even um, publicly say that Dylan Carlson was not going to be traded. Mm-hmm. That seems like odd behavior if you're going to exclude a guy less than a season, half a season later from your yeah. outfield. I view this more as a combination of the Tyler O'Neill situation. I think they go hand in hand. Not a combination, but hand in hand. You wanted to showcase Tyler O'Neill to trade him. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, he's got to get the playing time, and Dylan Carlson suffers for a couple of weeks. So, let me ask you this, though, Anthony. <clears throat> if the phone rings and you've showcased Tyler O'Neill, and he's done pretty well, but they're calling and they want Dylan Carlson. Mm-hmm. Now what? What are you giving me? I don't know. You give me two pitchers? No. You Dodgers? <laughs> Go chase yourself. You okay, don't even then. have this guy in your lineup. Yeah, I'm yeah, He protecting. can't play on your team, the worst team in the worst division. I'm not giving you squat. Yeah, I'm protecting him. Okay. I'm protecting him oh, so yeah, I'm sure because I'm resting him now because I'm going to play him every day come the second half. That's how good this guy is. I just don't know how this works, man. Because Dodgers. you're going to trade Tyler O'Neill and then, like, I don't know. I'm going to give you Dodgers. I'm going to give you uh, choose Flaherty. Or Montgomery, and if you want DC, it's going to cost you two pitchers. 
that won't happen, but I appreciate your effort. Okay. Well, then Dodgers, good luck. Oh, that's fine. Going, going against the Braves. <laughs> well, you got lots of other teams that want to go. Good this. luck going against the Atlanta Braves. We got this guy named Otani with on line two. The, the, the Angels aren't going to trade you, Otani. Yeah, they will. He's going to the Rays. They suck. Good luck getting past the Braves, Dodgers, with no pitching. Fine, Anthony. But Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill don't pitch. No, but Montgomery and Flaherty do. Let's jumble it up <laughs> some more, shall we? Brendan Donovan out of the order that versus... Good. That was good. <laughs> Donnie's out of the order versus a lefty tonight. He's probably, according to the skipper, a week or so away from returning to the field, still what? dealing with that very vague arm issue, right? Playing. Did he not go like two for four last night or something? Eh. Yeah. <laughs> no, from playing the field. Oh, the field. Yeah. Like, what the hell is he talking about? Here's where it gets interesting, though. <laughs> this is the second moment in the show where Jamie goes... Head off the desk. Hey. What the heck, man? I don't know. Sorry. I actually did do that the one time. You did. That was epic, too. Not hard enough in my books. Thank you. I'll get another Tyler O'Neill mention in here for you as Go well, ahead. because let's see what happens when, if and when, he's ready to be reactivated. At the moment, your only backup infielder is tonight's starter at the Keystone, Jose Fermin. More mm-hmm. roster maneuverings to come? Yeah, there's going to be a lot of roster movement over the last couple of weeks, James, or the next couple Fermi's of weeks. This is Fermi's big chance. This is Fermi's big chance. He's 24 years old. Come on, Fermi. I'm trading Jake. I'm 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 trading uh, Jack Flaherty. Jake Neighbors. I'm going to try to trade Jake Neighbors. <laughs> no. You can pitch. Flaherty, Flaherty, Montgomery, O'Neill, DeYoung, Hicks, Helsley if he's active. I'm I'm going to have a, a fire sale of players that either on expiring contracts or guys that I just they just have no future. I, they, they've got no future. O'Neill's only future is on the IL, and Helsley's only future is pitching on once a week uh, and or on the IL if I overuse That's him. That's harsh, Anthony. I got to go. That's harsh. I got to go, go, man. Let's go. I thought you just went. I actually got to go again. I bet you do. Drink a lot of water. That, seriously, you are. Yeah. It's healthy, Jamie. Some makes say. You, makes you feel good. Indeed, indeed. One more, albeit from the realm of the college gridiron, actually. Today, gentlemen, mark the beginning of SEC Media Days. This year in Nashville, moving away from Atlanta and Mizzou, one of three schools to actually have its coaching staff as well as players address the assembled media there. In the next month or so, we're going to be hearing more and more from Tigertown. But expectations for this season, Anthony, specifically with so much talent returning on the defensive end at the very least. You know, Brad. Defensive end. What are we thinking there? Bradford, if if they don't, and then you're as big of a Mizzou fan as I know, you and BK, I know that you guys are hyped on the defense. I know that you guys are hyped on certain of the skill players. If you don't figure out the quarterback spot, Eli, you're screwed. I agree. That there's there's no discussion if they if he can't figure out the quarterback spot, whether that whether that of course is uh, Brady Cook, who yeah. is the number one quarterback last year for them who played was all of last year or, and was admittedly hurt he's hurt jamie okay yeah hey hey what he was hurt i guess okay fine i he, just he also didn't play well last year seemed to me like nobody took full advantage of the opportunity that's because nobody took full advantage of the opportunity thank you yeah well said anthony and then they got who garcia 
Jay Garcia, Miami transfer, there Sam Horn, Texas kid. You have a lot of bodies, none of whom we really oh, saw yeah, we got old Horny. at mm-hmm. the spring game because there wasn't an official spring game. Right. Yeah. If you don't, if, if that is, that it thus far has been Drink's biggest challenge. He has not, he has not acquired the QB that has fit his system that has put them over the top. But isn't he? Isn't Drink an offensive guy? He's an offensive. How the guy. hell do you not find a quarterback then? Great question. Like, isn't that? Isn't that for me? Isn't that problematic? Like, uh, if, I'm, yeah. if an offensive guy can't recruit like a real star quarterback, that's that's a huge problem for me. I was very high on Drink when they when they hired him from Appalachian State. The, I know it's just the one year at App State, but his offense played. I figured he'd come in. He doesn't have to get the he doesn't have to get a number one recruit recruit uh, at QB. Right, he, he has got to got he has to find somebody that fits his system, and he of all people being a a, a play caller or once a play caller, as to Jamie's point, would know that. And if I'm the casual Mizzou fan, all I'm seeing right now is go with the guy under center who's going to do the best job of getting the football with regularity to Luther Burden. Be as creative as you want. If they get him the him. ball in space, yeah, absolutely. Yes, they used they used him almost sparingly at times. I mean, what was the one game Bradford? They didn't. They, it took him into the third quarter. Well, they thought he was injured. He's, honestly, did they realize he was still on the roster? I don't know. I w- I've that been very disappointed in the in the drink era thus far. And again, I was very. I mean, you and I had him on the show during the pandemic. I'm like, this he's guy, a very he's got likable a, guy. He's got a challenge out on his uh, on his hands here with the pandemic. But I thought he navigated the waters pretty well. Then you bring in a big recruit in Luther Burden, and and you put him on the outside, and then you forgot about him for two weeks. I don't I, I don't understand as an offensive coordinator. I, I could not figure that out. And ESPN at the time was so willing to show break in for Aaron Judge home runs that, you know, you didn't miss anything with Burden. Yeah. I it's, don't it's, know. It, it, to me, that those are the biggest question marks for me is when you have an offensive-minded head coach that, one, underutilizes or doesn't utilize a star receiver the right way and or cannot get a quarterback mm-hmm. to run his system. Yep. Agreed. I guess we can't expect to save you a seat at the Dome for Memphis then. Hmm. Well. Shame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. All right. It's Fast Line on 101 ESPN. Let's dive back into some of the Cardinals-related topics of the day because there's a lot to break down. If you missed some of the action that uh, that has gone down at Bush Stadium, Mo speaking to the media today, some interesting thoughts out of him. We just talked a little bit about the Tyler O'Neill situation, so we'll dive back into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So John Mozalak pitched. He pitched. Maybe he should pitch. He pitched ideas. He pitched ideas to the media today. Maybe he should pitch. Who knows? Why not? Could couldn't be worse, right? Anyways, uh, Mo says, I definitely think we're going to treat the trading deadline as pitching, pitching, pitching now. That's not to say we're going to ignore a position player that is uber great, but I think the goal would be to address as much pitching as possible. Well, good. I mean, that's it's the obvious answer, but Jamie, we've talked about this. It's not just the starting rotation. It is the bullpen, especially if you DFA'd Henesis Cabrera, and I'm sure they had reasons to. Maybe Cabrera spouted off again 
momentum to Ollie, and it wound up being a situation where the Cardinals are like, "Look, we got to move on. It's been a dreadful year. We don't need we don't need you know more headaches off the field, especially from guys that a year ago kind of doing the same thing in Henesis Cabrera. So they DFA'd him. You need you need to revamp this entire pitching staff. And as we've talked about, yes, free agency is they've got to be active in free agency. I hope it's an Aaron Nola. I hope it's a, a a Blake Snell. I hope it's a Lucas Giolito. That'd be great. But you're not going to give five guys twenty plus million dollars for your rotation. You have to have some cost controlled players mixed in as well. It starts at the deadline. You got multiple players on expiring contracts that could fetch you something. I think that the Cardinals, most most specifically, needs to figure out. Some of the some a, a way to get cost control pitching guys that are on the verge, or maybe it's a situation like Sheehan in L.A. who's made four or five starts for the Dodgers. He he is, you know, any if it's a loaded rotation, he's probably in Triple A waiting for his opportunity. Dodgers have had some injuries in their rotation. He's pitching now for them. In fact, I think he goes tonight. That's the type of player that the Cardinals need to look at when it comes to this deadline. It doesn't have to be a star. You know, I think some people think, well, what's he going to do for you? He's he's young. Yeah, he's young and he's cost-controlled. It's a start. It's not the end product. It's a start. It's like Doug Armstrong at last year's deadline. I have expiring contracts, and I need to get assets for those expiring contracts. And he turned them into three draft picks or two draft picks, as well as Jacob Verana, Yakub Verana, and Kasperi Kapanen, and Sammy Black. Mm-hmm. It was a start. Then in the offseason, he added Hayes, and he brought back Oscar Sonquist, and he started to sign other guys to contract extensions. It's the same deal for Mo, in my opinion, at this deadline. <clears throat> Anthony, what do you think? Uh, well, yes, pitching is the key. And I, although, although the rotation hindered this team early in the season, the rotation has been just fine mm-hmm. since this bullpen whether it was because they were taxed early in the season or they're just not pitching well now this bullpen has really hurt them yes it's been terrible what team in all of baseball has the most blown saves cardinals yes how many do you think 17 21 Deion sanders that's right 21 blown saves let's say 10 of those 21 are not blown. Mm-hmm. Let's say you win those 10 games. That puts you at 50 and 43. Mm-hmm. 50 wins, 43 losses. Seven games above 500. That's a big difference. Huge. And that's just being optimistic, like 50%, because quite honestly, where the Cardinals were last year, I think they ended the season with like 18 blown saves. They're at 21 right now. They're not even at the freaking trade deadline. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that a, could have changed their their their, their outcome. It, it's a huge problem. But it's to, pitching, though. I mean, right. it's under the umbrella of pitching. But to your point, the starters gassed their own bullpen. They did. Like, they did. I don't know if they did though, Anthony. They did to a certain extent, but there's been a lot of guys through that bullpen now. Now you take me off. Yeah, I know. You take you take me off. Let's go back to April. Let's go back to April. How did Miles Michaels do in April? He had a nice, he had a nice month for you. Anthony, no, he I, didn't. Hey, Anthony, go back a minute. Gas the bullpen. And I just said the same thing you're saying right now. Well, then why are you talking nonsense? I'm not. I'm talking about pitching. 
I know. I know. And but then you started to say, well, the starting pitching, well, it hasn't been that bad. Come on. No, I didn't say that. I said since that dreadful start where they went, what, 10 and 24? The damage was already done by this starting staff. But since that point, Anthony. Miles Michaelis opening day, three and a third. Terrible. Should we continue? Whatever you need to be right, Anthony, okay? <laughs> you just go ahead and pluck whatever you – and you know what? You can just pluck off. Jack Flaherty, five innings. Is that good? Pluck this, five innings. The starting staff ruined pluck your bullpen that. early. Then they finally got a little decent, and yeah. we can't just blame I'm it on the I'm not even pen. listening anymore, to be honest. I think that's fair. I have completely tuned you out. At the end of the day. So mm-hmm. we, it's been bad. Mo. So Jamie, we can agree this entire starting, this entire pitching staff mm-hmm. needs to go Jeff Fisher style. Mm-hmm. He got to go, and by he I mean basically. Everybody. I don't think the entire pitching staff. Has Most to of go. it. No, I'm we, okay. I'm okay keeping Miles Michaelis. Okay, outside of that, who you? I'm really... okay keeping Jordan Hicks. Everybody else, you can go. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Non-young guys. Like, no to Zach Thompson. Well, no, I keep him. There's still yeah. hope. Ish. For now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think there's much hope for Dakota Hudson, but Mo mentioned we thought Dakota Hudson might be someone that could give us innings in the rotation. So, a lot of decisions we made haven't worked out from an injury or be it from a performance standpoint. Mo on second-guessing his moves. This is all from John Denton on Twitter. I think I would add more starting pitching. I would add more bullpen. Again, we thought that Rule 5 pick, which was Rodriguez, was going to help us a little bit more. Mosellock said that the team has signed former Cubs right-hand reliever Ryan Tapera, who is active now for tonight's game. Ali Marmol also noted that the outfield going forward until the trade deadline at least will be Tyler O'Neill, Lars Newbar, and Jordan Walker. At the end, At the end of the day... This is Ollie, though. Everyone's gotten an opportunity, and we can feel comfortable with that. Marmol also said on Hennessy's Cabrera being designated for assignment today, quote, I thought it was the right time for him to have a change of scenery. There clearly something happened. I mean, there, there's something that happened there with Hennessy's. Oh, there's no doubt. Mo also said on Hennessy's Cabrera being DFA'd, I don't think he loved the role he was in and, and ultimately was trying to get trying to get to his work. We just kept hitting some headwind now. He'll get that opportunity to do it somewhere else. Yeah, Marmol also goes on to say, I thought it was the right time for him to have a change of scenery. Yes. Fine. So there you go. All right. So the Cardinals know they need starting pitching. They know they need, they need bullpen help. They know they know need they need pitching overall. We'll see if they can get that done at the deadline. It's Fast Line on 101 ESPN. We'll play Beat the Streak. And the biggest question of the day is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Okay, so with the situation that occurred on Friday, we had the suspended game. Jamie wasn't here. Marshall wasn't here. We just decided, you know what, that's going to be a no, a no play. And we do have our fade or follow contestant that we're trying to get a hold of to bring him back as well. So that that game just got completely wiped out, which means Brian is back now for beat the streak. Now Marsh still won't play tonight. Actually, Bruns is gonna is gonna do Marsh's pick tonight. So Bradford Bruns, who's pinch hitting for Marsh today, 
Why don't you, if you uh, wouldn't mind, update us on our streak standings? Well, Anthony, at present, you still have that 11-game streak <sighs> intact. A career high, mind yeah. you. Oh, yeah. Jamie, you're up to a number eight yourself. Ooh, so baby. not too shabby whatsoever. Marsh slash Bruns at one, two. I don't know. Does it really matter? And the listener and, has one in the books as well. Okay, so it'll be me, Jamie, Brian, our listener. What's up, Brian? Hey, how's it going? I appreciate the mulligan. Of course, yeah. No, I mean, just look. It's, Anthony, originally I said no, but I went to bat for you. Yeah, it's convenient for him too, right? So he can continue his streak. So. Exactly. Seriously. You're darn right. You get it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, speaking of which, guys, I'm going to go on a limb tonight. I think that in looking at both teams, having an understanding of who might get a hit mm-hmm. to extend this streak of mine, Jamie, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go with – Luis Arise. Oh, uh, Luis Arise. Wow. What has that guy ever done? Well, he got me four hits the last time these two teams played. So. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so uh, That's Luis what I was Arise. Go with. And he's only hitting about 500. So, yeah. Jamie, who's your selection? Well, he's gone now. Um, <laughs> I'm going to double down. Doubling down has been good for me this year. And I'm going to go with Nolan Arnado. Good call. Okay. Brian, who would you like? Uh, I'm going to take Paul Goldschmidt. R.L. Chalk it is. Oh, wow. Why you got to go after Brian like that? R.L. Chalk. That's, You're who, the guy that's who, who we call you Goldie. You guy batting 500, Anthony. That's what we call Goldie, and you know it, Jamie. Enough out of you. Your attitude has been absolutely disgusting yeah, been today. attacking the listeners today, Bradford, who would you like? like? Thank you, sir. Brian, you sniped my pick, but all is well and good because I'm going to fully buy into the narrative here. Jose Fermin, it is the <laughs> night to shine against the Southpaw for Miami. Luzardo, oh, wow. I know, I really, I really want to goldschmidt, but no, pressed into active duty. No better time to shine. Let's go with that story. Fairy tale. All right, Bradford. <laughs> More fired up than ever. I don't know why. I don't either, but Jose I like Fermin. it. Jose Fermin. All right, so I took Luis Arise. Jamie took Nolan Arnato to double dip. Uh, our guy Brian took R.L. Chalk, who uh, we affectionately call it, as uh, Paul Goldschmidt. And Bradford is on the Jose Fermin train he sure from is. Marsh. Sell it. There you go. All right, Brian, good luck. We'll talk to you tomorrow, hopefully. Yeah, good luck, guys. All right, buddy. Sounds See like ya. It. All right, Bradford, what do you got? Here we go, guys. It's all about the cards. Just an hour or so away from first pitch on this Monday evening. And this was the opportunity. John Mozeliak used this opportunity prior to the Miami series opener to address the assembled media and unveil a bunch of different interesting developments in relation to this team. Guys, why was this the opportune time to do so? Following the first series after the All-Star break, there are a lot of things yet to come to fruition, Tyler O'Neill, etc. But why is this the time? Is it the best time? I wonder if it, it's because Henesis Cabrera was DFA'd and Tyler O'Neill is drawing closer. So you had you could give people an update or at least release the statement on Henesis Cabrera and give an update on Tyler O'Neill and not have to do so in the next couple of days. You just activate him when he's ready because people are going to kind of question that. So, uh, you know, your first series is over with now from the deadline. You can state that you're looking for pitching, not that people would, didn't figure that anyways, Jamie, but I think that would be the timing as the why. Yeah, I think there are a lot of updates, to your point. Guys coming off the injured list, yeah. um, Cabrera with whatever that whole thing is. And you're also coming off a series win. Mm-hmm. Too. So it's almost like, eh, you know what, not that you're pumping your tires up a little bit, but 
it's a lot easier sometimes to be very forthcoming off of uh, winning a series or after a big win. Right. So I look at this as a great opportunity for John Mosaloc to kind of address the media, be brutally honest. I think it's well overdue at this point, um, and kind of go from there. So mm-hmm. I, I thought it was a perfect time for all of that. Yeah. Cardinals open up a new series tonight against the uh, Marlins. Of course, the Miami Marlins took three or four from you down at Lone Depot Field right before the All-Star break. Jesus Lazardo, the left-hander, goes against Miles Michaelis. 6.45 start time. Hopefully the rain stays away. Man, it's been a rough stretch when it comes to storms in the Yeah, area. the grounds crew there have been uh... – they were overtime, in. no doubt about that. Uh, Jamie also got his steps in this weekend as he went down oh, to the lake. Yeah, I did. And Jamie, you had said beforehand that you got you got a story for us. Well, yeah, it's not like a crazy story. It's just like it's kind of humbling, to be honest. You found out you were old this weekend. Is I what sure you did, said. Anthony. But it's not the way you think. Ah. So we went down there, and hats off, my good buddy Mark Beckham uh, and his girlfriend Jane. They're awesome. Up Shout there. out to Bex. The Bex, yeah, he's he's the bomb. He's got a great spot down there, and when we go down there, he just, you know, it's like you live there, no problem. They do an amazing job. And so they had a bunch of friends up, and, and Jane's daughter and her husband, and so a bunch of youngins, and they had these, like, beer Olympics that we were all going to compete in. It was supposed to be, you know, the elder statesmen and then the youngins. Mm-hmm. Well, we had lost a few of them early. Mark had hurt his hand and whatnot. So I'm like, okay, fine. So we're going through these wacky events. And uh, we have teams, the green team. Shout out to the green team. You'll know why in a bit. First event is Flip Cup. Mm -hmm. I dominated it. I punished these kids. Like it was a drubbing. Body bags, basically. Now, for those that have have not played Flip Cup. Yeah. You just put the cup on the rim and you flip it over and you land it and for if if you're last one you're out and mm-hmm. you keep going keep going keep going so we won that one so first place for the green team next event was the egg toss i don't know if you've ever done that you take an egg and you throw it and then you each take a step back and you see how many feet you before can get before breaks before it breaks well my partner and i we dominated that one too so the green team's up two events to nothing nice. against everybody uh, and then then comes the uh, spin the egg anthony Hmm. What do you think of when you hear spin the egg? No, not that. Oh. No. Uh, spin the egg. Well, let me help you. Yeah. So Mark has a beautiful dock. Uh, big dock, boat, awesome setup. Oh, dock. Dock, yeah. Got it. Yep. I, I mean, several. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we had an egg that we are going to spin, and you have people all around it, and wherever the egg lands on or points to the top of the egg, that person has to pick up the egg and throw it. Everybody else will run off the end of the dock and try to survive, basically. So we get through this a couple of rounds. Like the Throw first, it at somebody? Yeah, you got to hit somebody. If you miss, you're out. If you ding somebody, they're out. Wow. But the key is to get off the end of the dock into the water so the egg can't hit you. Okay. So the first couple of rounds go by great. We're down to about four of us left. Out of a whole crew. And at this point, now remember, you, you're running down the dock. You're jumping in the water. You have to reset, get back up. So mm-hmm. the dock now, it's got a little bit of water on it. Oh, boy. And uh, so the egg spins around, and it lands on person near me. I tear out of there. Uh-huh. Halfway down the dock, I hit a wet spot. Out goes the leg. Oh, goes no. the hammy. Oh, no. I am not kidding you. It's like a snake jumped up and bit me. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And I limped across. I saw the egg go flying past me, so I didn't get hit. Yeah. I survived the round, but I got in the water. I could barely swim. Oh. I was like, oh, this is not great. 
So I go over and luckily I uh, was able to tap in one of my teammates who ended up winning the event. Nice. So three nothing there for the green team. And uh, but I was on the IL at that point from all physical activity. Oh no! Now they did come to the bullpen for the uh, spaghettio chugging. You ever done that? No. Yeah, me neither. It's a new one. They fill up a solo cup with spaghettios, and there's four cups for each team. Uncooked. Uncooked. Oh. And uh, when they say go, the first team to finish the spaghettios wins. Uh-huh. So you're hammering down these spaghettios, and when you can't eat anymore, you pass to your teammate. Well, green team won again, Anthony. <laughs> I had SpaghettiOs all in my gray beard. My beard was orange. Nice. It looked awfully weird for a while. <laughs> well, you, you left it there for I a while. I did. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like, Victory. you know, that's my thing. Sure. Um, but, yeah, green team had the full, the clean sweep, so I felt great about myself for winning the Beer Olympics with yeah. uh, my great team. But you but got the four like gump hamstring. ass hat for blowing a hamstring running down a yeah. dock. Now, what did you win, like $1,000 or something for all this? Uh, just personal uh, pride. Oh. Yeah, we got bragging rights. Till next time. Till next time. Well, good. Which will probably be uh, Labor Day weekend. Okay. To where my kids are coming down to the lake, Mark and Jane are extending the invitation. My boys are going to be turning 20 nice. that weekend. So we're going to have the whole, we're going to redo the whole thing again. Very good. Um, we'll probably take the, uh, spin the egg out. Yeah, it's I would think so. dangerous. Yeah, for, for some. the age of 45. <laughs> That's Jamie Rivers of Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. What you missed, criticisms, compliments next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. anything from today's show you can download the podcast available at 101espn.com or your 101 espn mobile apps all brought to you by dobbs tire and auto centers talk plenty of cardinals today some interesting moves first and foremost they dfa'd Henesis cabrera so we kind of speculated what what went on there and then after john mozaloc spoke with the media about an hour ago we dove into some of the the highlights from that including the comments made by mo and ollie uh, on the Henesis Cabrera situation, as well as what Mo said about the pitching uh, and the need to acquire as much pitching as possible at the deadline, and God got into Tyler O'Neill and his return and what it can mean for the Cardinals. Also talked some City SC as they knocked off Miami. That messy guy would completely disappeared on Saturday. Yeah, Jamie. It's almost it's like, like, he, almost like he didn't play. <laughs> yeah, that's how. That's how well he played. Uh, Jesse Rogers joined us from ESPN. We, he gave us an interesting tidbit. I think we'll dive into it a little bit more tomorrow on Shohei Otani and where he could land. And there's, there was one spot that he threw out there that I was very surprised with, but it made a lot of sense. <laughs> it did. So you can listen to the podcast, find out what Jesse Rogers said about that, as well as what the Cubs might do at the deadline, what he's hearing about, of course, the Cardinals. Some NFL four downs, some blues talk earlier in the show. Alexei Torpchenko. Got himself a contract extension, so Jamie broke that all down. And, of course, uh, we, we also discussed Jack Flaherty's performance from yesterday. Bradford Bruns, the last two shows, has done an outstanding job filling in for Andrew Marsh, and he's got some criticisms and some compliments. Two compliments today, gentlemen. First, coming from the 617, is that Boston? Yeah, I looked it up. Anyway, nice convo about famous sports numbers, but you guys need to spend a little more time investigating and praising the likes of number 34 from Walter Payton to Bo Big Poppy, yeah. Shaq, 
round mound of rebound. Chuck mm-hmm. Barkley. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the Paul Pierce suggestion. Dominic Hasek, too. Need I say wow. more? Austin Matthews. No kidding. Yeah, there's some guys that wear that number. Me in high school was my high school football number. So Ooh. I appreciate uh, being town. If it wasn't enough before, it, it is, is now. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, with what did you fire up the chips in college? Oh, need boy. to know the digits. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make it that far. I was uh, uh, I was a I was a spring training release essentially mm. after they realized I couldn't play shortstop. Okay. Yeah. What okay. number would you have wanted? Nine. Okay. I would have taken anything, though. Let's be honest. That's true. They gave me, like, uh, six or something. Yeah, I would have taken that. That's a hell of a number. <laughs> what, was your, what was your other numbers? Too many. <laughs> Honestly, I never wore the same number twice. What was your number in Detroit? Four. Really? Yeah, they said, we. you remind us of Bobby Orr. We'd really like you to wear number four. Wow. No, they didn't say that. That's impressive. They, but gave they, g- that. they gave me a real number, yeah. though, so I knew I had a chance at that point. No kidding. Like, when they give you, like, 68, you're like, I may not play a lot. I may not be playing here this year. All right. <laughs> Talk about off the beaten path. You guys would not have believed, actually. I think this was late in the 2 o'clock hour, early 3, the sheer amount of food lion talk on the text line. Oh, so, really? Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. From Publix to Food Lion, my wife would probably fry me, actually, if I didn't reference its prominence in the Virginia area. East okay. Coast, a little south south as well. So, yeah, Food Lion, represent. Yeah, I completely I've yet admit. to see one, but uh, tell you what, I'm going to keep my eyes open. Yeah, I didn't know what that reference was. So, well done, Bradford. Very well done. Happy to get it out there. A little criticism here once more from the college gridiron. So the 816 kind of went off, I guess, on my Mizzou optimism. Did it come through? I'm not really sure. What about the porous offensive line last year? That definitely hampered creativity. It did. But at the same time, actually, Anthony, Mizzou had a pretty solid, stout running attack. So run blocking wasn't exactly the issue. When you're averaging 155 yards per game on the ground in the SEC, that's not something really to quibble about, quite frankly. No. It was the lack of big play ability in the passing game. Mm-hmm. You can say what you want about Brady Cook maybe being a little compromised in that regard, but and I'm looking forward here to 2023, and once more, you're basically beginning your season. You don't play on the road. You don't have a true road contest until September 30th again. How do you get the ball in the hands of Luther Burden? Because if we're going back to the point where last season, he's your third leading receiver with barely 370 yeah, yards. You've enough. got a problem with allegedly an offensive innovator in Eli Drinkwitz at the helm. I mean, I, I agreed. Uh, well, well, well said there, Bradford. I also agree with the text you're talking about the offensive line. The offensive line was a problem last year, and if I don't care who's your quarterback, if he can't get to a seven-step drop, you're not going to be able to have a deep game. And if it's shotgun constantly and it's three or five five-step drops out of your quarterback, you're looking at only short to intermediate passing. And if the other team knows you have no deep game, good luck. Doesn't this again, no, once again, circle back to Eli Drake? Absolutely. If you're an offensive guy, don't you know that you need an offensive line? And he probably, I mean, he probably does, and he maybe it just hasn't been able to go recruit. Get go it. get it. Interestingly enough, last season, when you didn't expect it, 
Mizzou actually came to play, at least for long stretches, against the likes of Georgia and so forth. So that yeah. was interesting. Schedule doesn't necessarily get easier this campaign. I'm actually already looking ahead to 2024, in which you actually get Oklahoma. Let's renew that rivalry, Oklahoma coming to the SEC. There you go. Yeah. I wonder how... Um, what's the old... What's Clemson's old... Their defensive coordinator is now the head coach there. What's his name at Oklahoma? I can picture him. He's Clemson's uh, former D.C. Hold on, let me look this up. Somebody's screaming at, at Oh, me. that guy, Bob. No, it's not Bob. Brent Venables. Ah, close. <laughs> it didn't start with a B. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, yeah, Brent Venables. I am interested to see what Brent Venables does. He was such a great defensive coordinator at Clemson. He just sta- he stayed under Dabble for such a long time. Then he goes over to Oklahoma, and it's like, uh, is he going to be able to recruit there? And all So, yeah, that will be interesting. Anything else, Bradford? Bang up job on this Monday, guys. Yeah. Nice job. Yeah, I appreciate it. So Andrew Marsh will be back with us tomorrow. We'll see what sort of shape that he's in. Apparently he's been uh, listening on the drive. Yeah. Drive safely, Marshy. Yeah. Take your time there, Marsh. Yeah. Take time on the road. You got to look out for the other guy. Sure does. That's what what somebody told me one time. Mm Mm-hmm. Who's that? Travel safe. Watch the road. Watch out for the other guy. And I'm like, okay. No idea what he's talking about. Maybe to make sure they're driving properly. Probably talking about you. That's you know. it's in play. Yeah, watch out for Jamie. All right, that'll do it for us. Instant replays coming up six to seven here on one oh one ESPN. Uh we will be back tomorrow from two to six for Jamie Rivers and Bradford Browns, and Anthony Salter. See ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.